never Recorded live. Incomplete aches, pain, and swelling with our extra strength pain relief formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Social network. 
so food production and consumption are undergoing a big shift. Uh, consumers are taking control back and what they want to eat, when they want to eat, you know, uh, with these new smart food technologies that are coming out. Several companies are designing easy-to-use, aesthetically pleasing hydroponics and aquaponics systems for your home. So anyone can manage a mini farm, they say, with their smartphone. Good, good, good autonomy on the horizon. There you go. Yeah, and call it empowerment. I love it. What else is in the crack report? Chinese mummy. Oh, old thing. Suggests uh, they did brain surgery 3,600 years ago. Wow. Yeah, 3,600-year-old perforated skull belongs to a mummified woman. Dates back to 16. Found in the um, Exco tomb in China's Xinjiang uh, Uyghur region. Daiho tomb. Mummy is one of hundreds said to be discovered in this area called the Liver, Little River Tomb Complex. And they said the wounds in her skull suggest she was a female who died in her 40s, but she lived at least a month or even a little longer after she received the surgery. So it's a craniotomy is what she had. It involved temporarily removing a flap of bone from the skull to give surgeons access to the brain. Goodness. Now, ancient people believed this practice would cure epileptic seizures, headaches, and even mental. Brain surgeons. All right, last but not least in the quack report. I'm going to go to New York with this one. Oh, dear. The Attorney General, uh, Eric, let's see, Scheidemann, I think that's how you pronounce it. Well, he's upset because supplements aren't what the labels claim they are to be. He has an ongoing investigation on several popular herbal supplements that are being subjected to DNA testing. That's right. These are supplements from your favorite GNC stores, Target and Walmart and Walgreens. These supplements, supplements are sold, um, and they're supposed to be verifying on the label what's inside. See, ingredient list, that's what you're having. See. But according to the Attorney General of New York, it ain't so. The supplements included uh, that they tested were echinacea, ginseng, St. John's wort, garlic, ginkgo biloba, and salt palmetto. And they pretty much were contaminated with other substances like rice, beans, asparagus, primrose, wheat, houseplant, wild carrot. In many cases, the unlisted contaminants were the only plant material found in the product. Well, see, this is what happens when these go to a supplement uh, warehouse in overseas, maybe Germany or China, and says, you know, make us something, private label it, and, uh, you know, we'll put it on the shelf. Now, overall, 21% of the test results from the store brand herbal supplements contain DNA from the plants listed on the labels, just 20. Now, the retailer with the poorest showing was Walmart. And 4% of the products tested showed DNA from plants listed on the label. So Walmart only had 4% of their supplement offering actually being a supplement. Uh, now, Walgreens and DNC uh, pledged to cooperate with the Attorney General of New York, but Target hasn't initially responded to that request yet or has commented. So, you know, this is, this is you know, what I keep telling people about, you know, quality control and um, 
know, just anybody can call up a, a company that makes supplements and pick out a recipe, slap their name on it, and voila, you know, and if they know anything about marketing, you know, a business major, they can just, uh, you know, kind of reap the benefits of people wanting to be healthier when they know nothing, nothing. Classic for outbreak that you're seeing in California is said to be the result of unvaccinated, maybe visitors from outside the United States. But people often forget, with short memory, that in June of 2014, the United States government imported from Mexico children and young adults infected with these kind of diseases. Yeah, Customs, and also known as ICE, they reported that many of the immigrants from Mexico were visibly ill. They had sores, red marks on their bodies, consistent with either chickenpox or the measles. And many working for ICE became ill themselves. So the White House asked for $1.4 billion to handle this immigration onslaught. However, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So what are the outbreaks of disease to come? And is the Affordable Care Act going to pay for it? Well, let's talk about these traveling coming over the border from Mexico and infiltrating our southern states carries many different diseases, uh, some lice and scabies, tuberculosis, whooping cough, uh, chongus, which is a parasite-derived disease, dengue fever, hepatitis, and malaria. So the chongus disease causes extreme fatigue. What happens when you get it? Extreme fatigue, headaches, swollen joints, uh, glands, body aches, uh, loss of appetite, nausea and vomiting, and enlarged spleen and liver. So when it becomes chronic, well, that disease leads arrhythmia of the heart and gets to heart failure and heart attack. You die. Now, if Americans travel outside the country, well, we're, we're expected, we're required to get immunized, right? So South America has been aerosol vaccinated, get this, with live airborne measles strains. Huh. Yeah. Vaccinate now through airplanes and put it in your water supply. So it's kind of suspicious that any of these outbreaks would be due to vaccinated Americans. So our military is also exposed to all these diseases with about 580,000 illegal immigrants, Obama said, are allowed to join the U.S. military. Now, Rutgers reported that according to immigration group estimates, 12 million illegal immigrants, or by 2014, and the country of uh, people most often used to test vaccines is Mexico. 
And that is uh, what, um, and this is what the WHO, the World Health Organization, says about the mortality statistics. Quote, worldwide, a major shift is occurring, causes an ages of death in 22 countries, all in Africa. 70% or more of years of life are lost due to premature deaths and are still caused by infections, infectious diseases, and related conditions. That's the World Health Organization. So this means that children are the main victims or targets of many of these diseases. Scientific medicine feels that acquired immunity wanes when children are weaned. They're not nursing any longer. So according to medicine, by the time children are two or three years of age, resistance to common contagious is often low or non-existent. That's what they say. Now, this is, this also, they also say that children that are bottle-fed have no resistance to spread. So in the U.K., 75% of babies five months or older received no breast milk, whereas in the United States, 77% of mothers were breastfeeding past six months. So the CDC keeps statistics on the numbers of breastfeeding moms by state, and they have concluded that breastfeeding lowers healthcare costs by $2.2 billion. They have learned that breastfeeding reduces postpartum depression, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, allergies in children, infections in children, and diabetes. Check that out. Right on. All right, let's talk about some uh, great killer diseases. Because according to encyclopedia.com, some of the greatest killer diseases aside from the black death of bubonic plague, they are cholera, typhus, a bacterial infection, smallpox, malaria, and tuberculosis. They're among the most damaging to human health. Now, Australia, guess this, is about to be sprayed with a live cholera aerosol vaccine sometime this year, 2015. So many of these diseases are diminished or non-existent with good nutrition and hygiene. It cuts down on infectious bacteria and parasites that carry the disease. So it is common sense that spraying people with live disease pathogens or injecting them into them is going to put them at risk of disease and death. Now, an Italian court just handed down today a ruling that the MMR, or the mumps, measles, Bella vaccine, does cause neurological damage and autism. Aha! There have been many medical doctors who have really stood up to expose the shortcomings and even lies of harmful medical treatments that have been forced on the people with mandatory laws. Hmm? All right, let's talk about your immune system or compliance, because that's what it comes down to. Medical science knows that the human immune system has to work in order to have any level of immunity. So it's like a muscle that has to be exercised. So prevent if you prevent the exercise, well, then you have no immune system. There have been studies conducted by pharmaceutical companies showing that their products, their antibiotics and their vaccines, as well as some other medications, do more harm than good. Now, I've mentioned that Dr. Anthony Morris, who was the chief physician for the FDA vaccine division in the 1970s, he revealed that all the studies that he reviewed in his that the vaccination weakened the immune system. 
they offer no protection from disease and don't prevent infection. He says that his, this included the flu vaccine, by the way. So um, in his research in his, he had four offices and he had research in all four, mysteriously he is missing or destroyed. And then he was fired from the FDA in 1976 for revealing that truth. So since then, vaccine manufacturing, testing, and oversight have radically changed. It takes years to develop and test vaccines for disease. Now they are fast-tracked within a few months. The vaccine industry cannot be held liable for damages for their product, or it's extremely difficult to prove. Now, if proven, well, the taxpayer pays the damages. Medical doctors and veterinarians refuse to guarantee their patients the vaccine is safe. So knowing this, people are expected to hope that the vaccine will not cause them any side effects now or in the future. How crazy is that? All right, let's talk about a royal hit for just a minute. So there are plagues yet to come, and a majority of them will be manipulated by man. Apparently, Bill Gates feels that 10 to 15 percent of the world population can be controlled through vaccines, and this would explain the numerous World Health Organization vaccine programs in poor countries and the high mortality rates there. So I think there is maybe even plague serum put into the common vaccines for children and flu that people aren't aware of. And what better way to reduce the population than with the people's cooperation, thinking it's a humanitarian treatment? You know, betrayal of this magnitude reminds me of Judas. The sickness and disease you see being reported now is just to get your feet wet. Yep, it is. You know what happens when it rains? Well, when it rains, pathogens, I wear my herbal galoshes. Well, by that I mean I, I use the powerful protection God has put in his herbs. The herbs were suitable enough for the pharmaceutical industry to from, but then, you know, they mess it up by trying to remake God's copyright. So herbs are spiritual meat, supernatural protection from God. Science can't explain that. So if you don't pervert God's medicine, it works. And medicine admits about the human immune system. They make vaccines and other drugs to suppress and weaken it. So I think they know just enough to be dangerous. Medicine has its place in trauma, but not in prevention care. So if you want to protect yourself, you got to start somewhere. Now, apothecary herbs has been making immune boosters. They are potent enough to be used by professional physicians. They're so potent that customers like Richard Jamont from Ohio say it kicked his flu bug to the curb in just two days. Letting us know about that. Now, Richard, he used the uh, pandemic kit. However, you can find a cheaper version. Yeah. Great for cold and flu bugs, everything. The herbs will empower you, and you will that feeling. Call the folks at Apothecary Herbs, get a free product catalog. Their number is 
free. Now, if you're outside the U.S., dial 704-885-0277 or visit the website, thepowerherbs.com. You can get there typing in herbstalklive.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. Now, if you're on the website, do take note of the coupons that have been updated. It's a little green button in the left-hand corner called HMO. It stands for Herb Medicine Options. You just click that. And you can cut and paste your coupon into your shopping cart and save. Of course, if you don't have Internet access, lovely folks out there that want to call in and order, just say, hey, what kind of coupons you got? And we'll go get them for you. Okay? No worries. All right. Well, uh, we got a few minutes before the break. I want to talk about um, some um, – so we're going to take a look at some health secrets here. These things will help you not only just through the flu season all year round, now, um, some statistics that I came across were that um, there's more than 2 million Americans that pick up illnesses when they visit their doctor's office. So medical doctors, you know, they wash their hands in between patients, but they don't wash their stethoscopes in between. So you might have wondered why your doctor never seems to get healthy. Well, the answer is most commonly no. So you are not the only one concerned about the side effects of pharmaceutical errors and drugs. And in one survey, over half the pharmacists admitted that they filled the wrong prescription because they couldn't read the doctor's handwriting. So your doctor knows this all too well. And so he'll use enzymes nutritionists, photochemicals and herbs and plants to stay healthy. And so can you. Let's look at some of the doctor's secrets. Your medical doctor, you pay a lot to go see, has his own protocol, usually. First, they use, instead of prescription drugs, well, they wash their hands a lot, and they cut down on the transportation of germs to their face and their digestive system through. They also use folk medicine. They use herbs and homeopathic formulas, even though they may be scientifically unproven to work. So your medical doctor may not admit that he uses diet, exercise, and herbs to keep from cholesterol or blood pressure drugs to keep from getting arthritis or Alzheimer's and even cancer. You might be saying that your conventional medical doctor who is carefully monitoring your test results while you take those dangerous drugs would not use all alternative remedies and deliberately keep that a secret from you. Hmm. Oh, yes, he would. He's keeping it a secret from his colleagues, his office employees, and even his former spouse, or he may risk sanctions from the medical board. Doctor is using forbidden cures the medical establishment disapproves of. Yes, yes. So here's the herb of choice. If you ask docs <laughs> what their herb of choice is, they're, they're going to tell you. Well, they might under the press. I've talked to a few of them. Uh, what kind of herbs might your medical doctor tap into this days at work? Well, they tend to like astragalus root, actually. Originally, it was cultivated from China, and this herb is grown and cultivated in the United States. So why are doctors using it? Dozens of studies have shown up that it says it helps the body's own natural immune system better than uh, anything else, and it utilizes the herb's high concentration of zinc. Ta-da, zinc. So 
it's a natural uh, source of zinc. It's not a chemical derivative, and it's not made from GMP. Target or uh, Walmart. No, no, no. This is the real deal. <laughs> now, dozens of studies have said zinc, you'll find it in a straggly fruit, and the fruit gives anyone who uses it these So if you use the straggly fruit with, let's say, dandelion root, you get uh, a synergistic effect that will kill cancer cells. Even that one. So um, no, they are not taking dandelion root and then going to chemo. No, these doctors skip chemo. They just go for the herbs. Come back, more health secrets. Don't go anywhere. life into the original medicine. Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. Is your PSA count high? Half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the prostate kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate glands. Call Apothecary Herbs for the prostate kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the prostate kit and empower yourself. Toll free 866-229-3663 for international callers 704-875-8010. 8010. That's toll-free, 866-229-3663, or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Henry Ford, the automobile. And herbalist Wendy Wilson, well, discover for yourself. Listen to Herb Talk live.
The ancient Greeks thought time or provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of time contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herbs when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for thyme tincture and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International, 704-875-8010. Or online at thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19. 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs' emotional stress formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. together. <laughs> we're back here on Herb Talk. All right, we're we're talking about these tools. And right before the break, we were talking about one of their favorite herbs that doctors like to use to stay well is astragalus root because it has a natural whole base organic zinc in it, okay? And uh, the other herb doctors like to use to stay healthy, of course, is echinacea root. They know all about that. Because it's used um, in short bursts to prevent immune systems from being overwhelmed or overstimulated. Here's a quote from a doctor called Robin Chutkan. Robin says, I take yoga and massage as my medicine. Herb tea also does wonders for me. End of quote. Okay. So uh, what about pain? Well, everyone has pain from time to time. So what do doctors do about their pain? 
they pop Tylenol, aspirin, or ibuprofen, or worse? Do they get the, you know, real strong painkillers going? No. Do you think they want bleeding ulcers, immune systems that don't work, kidney failure, or liver malfunctions? No, no, no. They stay clear of those FDA-approved pain reliefs. They typically do two things. They will ground their static electricity, which is in their body, to normalize electrical flow. And they know that modern lifestyle produces a lot of dirty electricity and has a negative effect on the human body. So they make sure they take their shoes and socks off and they rub their feet in the grass or they take a walk on the beach just to ground that extra electricity that's in their system. So also they they like to remove inflammation, but they don't use steroids to do that. They use some natural anti-inflammatory herbs like willow bark and meadow sweet. That's right. They'll go ahead and write you a prescription. Yes, 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 they will. Now, what about trauma? Is there is there any um, is there any damage to bones or ligaments or cartilage um, that no surgeon could cure? Well, your doctor again is going to turn to nutrition to help restore and regenerate. Some of the herbs that will help will contain a ratio of nutrition that you don't usually get in other supplements. Um, these are herbs that are going to regenerate all the uh, tissue that connects, you know, ligaments to bones and help bones to heal. So this is going to be a plant-based calcium source that also has the mineral uptake of magnesium and boron, but it's going to be essential that it's in a two-to-one ratio to not only restore the bones, but also the ligaments and tendons and cartilage that also connect to all the bones. So you find those in plants, your green leafy vegetables, of course, oranges is another source, but also in your herbs like horsetail. And uh, so that's got that perfect calcium ratio, and it's not an animal-based calcium, so it has that two-to-one ratio that seems to, the body seems to like that. It's in the right amount. It can uptake. It can use it. So um, check out the calcium formula. It's a liquid that the folks at Apothecary Herbs have, and you will be amazed how great you feel. Also, they do have the willow bark and meadowsweet for pain relief, as well as your immune-boosting astragalus root and echinacea. That's right. And there are millions of people following the advice, though, of that Dr. Hemet uh, Oz, that Dr. Oz, and also Dr. Nancy Snyderman on the TV. Um, they have gone on TV and have given the general public, you know, a couple of messages regarding flu shots. Get your vaccine, but then they go home, and they don't get their vaccine. They don't have their kids get vaccinated. He actually admitted to that on the air. They'll tell you to get them because they're they're required to. Now, so why are doctors not taking the same advice that they give you and me? Well, there are lots of reasons. Some of them may be, you know, because they want to keep their medical license. Uh, They're trained to do that. That's how they were trained. Uh, they weren't trained in prevention-type treatments. They were trained in after-the-fact-type treatments. So um, there you go. They don't want to ditch their paychecks. <laughs> They'll tell you to get your flu shot. Uh, so if you want to check out that uh, YouTube video where they're saying get your shots, but they don't get it, uh, YouTube has it. You can, you can type that in there. Also, theexaminer.com also had an article. Uh, where Oz admits his wife and children don't get vaccinated. Check that out. So millions of people really are, are turning to natural medicines, but just don't turn to the ones 
in the big box stores because they're probably crap, okay? Uh, GNC, Target, Walmart, obviously New York has found out, Attorney General, it's not what it seems to be. So you want some whole food, well-crafted, organically grown nutrients in your supplements. Some folks may not know that um, they're actually taking their doctor's secret remedies when they use these herbs. So that's kind of neat. Huh? So do yourself a favor. You know, learn about God's good herbs because they're here for the service of man in Psalms 104. And in Genesis chapter 1, he said herbs are meat. They're really potent and powerful. And a lot of the bitter herbs will drive uh, digestive enzymes. A lot of the hot herbs, circulatory herbs, will drive blood flow and remove mucus from the body. So you can get a lot of action from your so-called meat benign herbs, as modern medicine likes to refer to them. So they have lots of immune boosters over there at the PowerHerbs.com website. Of course, you can call for a free product catalog. And the new catalog is the 15th anniversary one that will be sent out to you. Or you can download it off the website at thepowerherbs.com. The number to call if you want to request the catalog is 866-229-3663. And that will go out to you, 866-229-3663, and empower yourself. That's right. All right. Since we've talked about some of the diseases that the people, the immigrants, are bringing into the country, of the White House. Uh, let's talk about some of them. And one of them was um, the scabies. We talked about that. And uh, scabies um, really is a skin infection that tends to be caused by mites. Now, the functional level of your immune system is going to determine how bad that infection is going to get. So I hope you got a good immune system if you are around the illegal immigrants and they have scabies. So we're told that the immigrants coming across the southern U.S. borders tend to be contaminated with a lot of disease like scabies. So anyone with scabies is contagious and really should be avoided. So what can you do to prevent or even get rid of scabies? So let's check that out. All right, scabies is caused by this microscopic mite, and it's called the Cybreeze scabies fear mimic. That's pretty kind of bad. Anyway, the mites will burrow into the upper layer of the skin and lay some eggs. This disease is spread by direct skin contact. Now, some forms of scabies can develop a crust on the skin known as Norwegian scabies, and this tends to occur if the patient's immune system is very weak. So high-risk patients uh, for Norwegian scabies would be the elderly, disabled or debilitated, um, if they have HIV or, there's some, or if they're on autoimmune suppressant drugs. Now, after you get infected, it can take about four to six weeks for symptoms to appear. However, the person is very contagious. So if a person has experienced scabies in the past and recontracts the disease, the symptoms will occur much faster in just one to four days. So scabies is not a condition that you should leave untreated. But here's some of the symptoms. If you get scabies, you'll have intense itching. And these pimple-like skin, it looks like a rash, but it's like pimply, almost like a prickly heat, you know? Um, now, itching is more intense at night when patients, of course, try to go to sleep. 
So if a, a patient develops Norwegian scabies, they will have this thick, crusty scab, which are full of mites in their eggs, and they're extremely contagious. So scabies are spread more easily with the crusted form of the disease because the, the direct skin contact is not re, is not all that required. So if they, you know, on bedding, you know, you can pick it up after they've been on bedding or on a bus car seat or whatever. So the personal items like bedding, furniture, clothing are going to be contaminated and they'll spread the disease. And so if you get the patient with the crusted scabies, uh, they may not even experience any itching uh, and they may not think they have a disease. I don't know. If I saw crusty patches of whatever on my skin, I'd say, what is that? That's not normal. All right, let's talk about the rash. Scabies can give you a, a rash. It's, it can be somewhat selective where it appears on the body. And in most cases, this pimply red rash will affect your wrists, your wrists and elbows, your armpits, in between your fingers, around the breast area, knees, shoulder blades, genitalia, belt line, and buttocks. Just about everywhere that would be, you know, the worst place to get it, right? Now, the rash can evolve into blisters with scales on it. The scratching will create sores, which often become infected. So if an infant or a toddler contracts scabies, the mites often are found on the head, face, neck, and palms or soles of their feet. So um, scabies is known the world over. It's usually a result of overcrowded conditions, like in prisons, nursing homes child care facilities, and scabies is often sexually acquired or in sharing of personal items and bedding from an infected friends and family. And just think of all those immigrants that came over the southern border and then, you know, overwhelmed daycare centers and schools, right? Close, overwhelmed with numbers. If they had scabies, you can bet there's a lot of American kids that got that. Well, let's talk about the diagnosis for medicine. Your doctors will diagnose scabies based on a physical exam. They will locate the rash and also the presence of tunneling or burrowing made by the adult female mites. So the burrows can be visible on the skin and appear like small raised and crooked lines, often having this grayish-white appearance. So to identify the mite, a skin sample may be taken and and they may examine mites and eggs and their fecal matter under the microscope. So we're told that if there is no mites or eggs or fecal matter, it can be seen. Um, it, it, it could be it could be seen by the patient though, but uh, it, they'll they'll tell you it's not contagious. So um, I think it's still contagious, but still. The medical science reports that fewer than 20 mites are present on a person with scabies. That's all you need is plenty to ruin your day. However, if crusted scabies is involved, there could be thousands of mites. So these mites have a lifespan of one to two months when they're on a host's body. So when not on a host, they die within 72 hours, so they have to have a host. Mites are heat sensitive. They can't survive high temperatures um, of like 122 degrees or longer than 10 minutes. So they're heat sensitive mites. 
acidic actors survive 122 either. <laughs> no. All right. Let's look at the medical treatment. All right. So scientific medicine will treat scabies with scabicide um, to kill the mice and sometimes will also kill the eggs. There are no over-the-counter treatments, and patients usually obtain a prescription for the drug. So if one person in the house has scabies, it's recommended that all the members in the house be treated. So all the bedding, the clothing, the shoes, the furniture have to be cleaned. If itching occurs two to four weeks after that application, then the treatment has to be repeated. Prescriptions for humans may not be used on pets, and likewise, scabies treatments for pets and agricultural are, you know, they're, they're not the same. Okay, so this is... I don't know what pets get, but it's not the same prescription. Well, let's talk about the drug-induced scabies, because some patients are misdiagnosed with scabies when, in fact, they have something else, or it's a drug that can offer some side effects that mimic scabies. The drugs that can cause this itchy skin and a rash are antibiotics, antifungal drugs, and narcotic pain relievers stuff your doctor won't take. So therefore, if you think you have scabies, make sure your physician confirms it through a skin sample or a scraping. Let's look at some other skin parasites for a minute. There are some unanswered questions about skin conditions which produce itching and rashes, but are not scabies. Is that like an invented um, morphed, uh, you know, type of scabies that was created in the lab. It's a question. There are lots of people all over the world that report this strange symptom of itchy skin and rashes, but it's not scabies. And in one report, there was a condition called columbola, which produces an unexplained rash and itch not associated with allergic reactions. And it is assumed it is a skin parasite. Now, skin parasites are most often misdiagnosed, and apparently there are three main types of skin parasites which can give symptoms like sensations of your skin crawling, something biting you, and, of course, the itching. Most dermatologists don't know what it is, and they'll say something like, there's nothing physically wrong, and it's maybe a mental condition. Let's look at the symptoms of columbola. And now, if you contract columbola, you may experience fatigue, some memory loss, difficulty concentrating, mood swings, depression, swollen joints, body pain, fibromyalgia, vision problems, autoimmune disease, hair loss, lesions, inflammation, skin nodules, itchy skin, a sensation your skin's crawling or a biting sensation, sores that are difficult to heal, sleep problems, and excessive dust or lint in your dwelling place believed to be from the molting parasite. So it appears that the condition called columbola is from the springtail parasite, which is different from the scabies mite. So the springtail it likes to jump, and when it moves around underneath the skin, it can even cover more ground than you ever imagined. So in comparison, 
scabies will move maybe 2.5 centimeters per minute. Different animal. So some believe that the springtail parasite produces fibers, and it could be part of that Morgellons disease issue. Now, a European researcher stated that springtail parasites are found in a third of bottled water, especially in France. Uh-oh. So how can you tell if you've been infected with the skin parasite? You can be, it can be detected if you use a 30 times lighted handheld microscope. That's how you find it. How many doctors have that? Well, I want to touch on this mysterious Morgellons for just a minute again. So some folks are making the comparisons between the scabies and Morgellons disease. The folks that thought they had the scabies condition, then it's ruled out by their doctors, often find they are left with a condition called Morgellons. It is also noted that both conditions report patients seeing what looks like these little mites or bugs, and they have many of the same physical sensations. Interestingly, the folks with Morgellons also become infested with parasites and insects. So this is in addition to getting lesions and seeing a lot of weird stuff, like strange fibers growing out from the skin with hard black specks on it or bizarre pieces of glass like splinters protruding from the epidermis skin layer. It's weird. You can go on the Internet and Google Morgellons and see pictures of this stuff. So what did our ancestors do to combat scabies? Well, there are a few herbs that work as an anthropelmetic to kill parasites. Usually herbs have potent oils that can penetrate the skin and attack the mites. I like to use thyme. Other ancient ancestors would use thyme for bed bugs and lice. Uh, so if you uh, use thyme oil, you can use that or thyme tincture and add it to your olive oil and apply it to the skin. You can also take a dose of thyme tincture internally as well. So for the itch, you can apply poke root using a mixture of olive oil and uh, make a paste with the poke root and apply it that way. I also like to add the immune boosting herbs as well, the garlic, the echinacea, the ginseng, the astragalus root, just to give the body extra stamina to help heal itself. And I would have also some immune herbs, um, uh, and like thyme tincture on hand all the time and use them quite often. So tinctures will have your 10-year shelf life, so they'll be the most potent of your herbal variety. So if you're interested in and uh, looking at the herbal tinctures the folks at Apothecary Herbs have, you can check them out on their website, thepowerherbs.com. Yes, they do have thyme tincture, and they do have a full line of immune-boosting formulas, and also organ cleansing. And, of course, don't forget, you know, prayer availeth much. So pray for supernatural protection against this stuff. And um, you'll find that prayer in Psalms 91. So I always pray that from time to time, you know. God, hide me under the shadow of his wings, be my shield and buckler. Awesome stuff. So uh, do check that out in the good book and spend some time in there uh, and praying and talking with the Lord because uh, he's got to know your name. you got to know his uh, because we're going to run into some interesting times here, and uh, we're going to need some extra super-duper help other than um, what we typically have on hand. 
So um, do, do remember, God's herbs are good. He's a creator. He said they're meat. He says they're for the service of man. He can't lie, so I believe that. And so I, that's why I think herbs are the best kept secret. And I, I do feel like I'm running against the millstone here with herbs as opposed to, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, total opposition. But, hey, that's the way it is. Uh, I, I trust in herbs, and I hope you will learn how to use them, grow some yourself, make your own tinctures. Hey, if you want to learn how to do that, do pick up a copy of the Power Herbs ebook. It's just $14.99 on thepowerherbs.com. Learn about organ cleansing, making tinctures, and things like that. Some great secrets in there, so I think you'll enjoy that. And it's a 400-page book, but it's just $14.99, but it's an ebook, so we have to email it to you. We don't have the hard copies, so uh, check that out if you can at thepowerherbs.com. All right, I'm almost out of time, but don't forget, coming up on the 17th, Dr. Carly is going to be with us. Uh, we're going to be checking with her. If you want to see what she's about, she does have a website. We have a banner link to her website on the link page at thepowerherbs.com. You just click on her banner. And also, she is the uh, wonderful person who has the uh, physician's um, downloadable form for vaccines. It's the, uh, what does she call it? She calls it the physician's warranty of vaccines, where, you know, the doctor weighs his right of protection and guarantees the vaccine won't hurt you. They won't sign it, but it gives you a layer of protection. So she's got that download. And you can uh, check that out there at thepowerherbs.com and click on Dr. Carly's banner. And if you want to, if you want to type in her web address directly, it's reversingvaccineinduceddiseases.com. I know there's a lot to say. Reversingvaccineinduceddiseases.com. We'll get you right on over there. She'll be here on the 17th. Now, if you have a health topic you want me to include in the show, just let me know. Send me an email off the powerherbs.com website, and I will try to work it into the show certainly will. In the meantime, check out the pandemic tips and all those neat little herb tips on thepowers.com and empower yourself. Right. That's it. I like empowerment. I hope you do too. I love it. It makes me feel independent, successful, bigger than I am. Only five, two. All right, I'm out of time. The information presented is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent a cure disease, so seek medical advice if you dare from a licensed medical physician before using any product or therapy. I'm your host, Wendy Wilson. Until next time, be well. Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 
97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply.
friends, good evening, and welcome to the Covenanters Call. This is Pastor Mike Hoover, and we are broadcasting live from Wintry, Southern Indiana, and we welcome you to the Covenanters Call broadcast. We are our Bible call-in question and answer program. If you happen to have a question or a statement concerning uh, the things we're dealing with or whatever's on your mind this evening, give us a call here at American Voice Radio. That number is one 800 596 8191 1-800-596-8191, and we would certainly love to hear from you. We've got about a half a dozen of us here in the chat room. It is a free service. We encourage you to come on in there and uh, voice your opinions, express your emotions, and draw from the deep well of wisdom that is so often displayed in there as well. We'd love to hear from you this week, and we'll give you that information uh, a little bit later as to how you can contact us. I would i uh, like to uh, let you know uh, there's going to be a, a, a Bible conference down in English, Indiana, at the English Baptist Church. And uh, this is where Brother Bob Pattenog is uh, standing in the pulpit for the people down there. Uh, this church has uh, quite some history to it. It is south of uh, where we are, south of Paoli, Indiana, uh, down into the next county. But they're having that Bible conference. It begins um, this coming Monday. Monday and Tuesday, there will be a morning session about 10 a.m. Uh, they'll have some lunch there, and then in the evening, there'll be a meal at 5, and then the service is at 6.30. And uh, we want to encourage the people that are in this area to please attend. Um, it's going to deal with the issue of the King James Bible, and lots of good Bible preaching, lots of good fellowship, and uh, Brother Bob Patton and his wife uh, will be hosting that meeting down there. We're looking forward to our people. Uh, are to going down there. We're, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 miles from them. Not very far, but we're looking for some good time fellowship. So you remember that. The dates are next Monday and Tuesday, and uh, we're going to have a great time in the Lord down there at the English Baptist Church. Uh, we'd like to remind you of our website, www.historicbaptists.net. That's www.historicbaptists.net. And uh, we'd love to have you come and visit with us if you're interested in the preaching uh, that goes across the Stamford Creek Historic Baptist Pulpit. Uh, we upload that every week, and uh, if you'll simply contact us, and uh, I'll know if I check the website that you have, we'll give you the go-ahead. And you're welcome to download those messages and listen to them, or uh, you can uh, put them on a, on a CD and uh, hand them out to your friends or your enemies, whoever you choose to. But uh, we would uh, welcome you there and invite you to do so, and uh, we would appreciate the opportunity to be a, a blessing uh, to you. I, I would love to hear from you this week. Write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569 North State Highway 337 in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You can give me a phone call. That number is 812-653-5578. Or drop me an email, Pastor Mike at historicbaptists.net. Well, we started on last Tuesday night talking about ten symptoms that will show up in your church if your church has been secularized. One of those symptoms, and we won't get to it tonight, it will be another one we'll deal with tonight, but is a lack of information being fed to you across your pulpit. Um, let me share something with you as we begin this broadcast this evening, all right? This is a German view of Islam, Okay. Uh, Dr. Emanuel Tanya, a well-known and well-respected psychiatrist, wrote this. And he's a man whose family was German aristocracy. 
prior to World War II. He owned a number of large industries and estates. And when he was asked how many German people were true Nazis, the answer he gave can guide our attitude toward fanaticism. Here's his answer, a German's view of Islam. Listen very carefully. Very few people were true Nazis, he said, but many enjoyed the return of German pride, and many more were too busy to care. I was one of those who just thought the Nazis were a bunch of fools. So the majority just sat back and let it all happen. Then before we knew it, they owned us. We had lost control, and the end of the world had come. My family lost everything. I ended up in a concentration camp, and the Allies destroyed my factories. We are told again and again by experts and talking heads that Islam is a religion of peace and that the vast majority of Muslims just want to live in peace. Although this unqualified assertion may be true, it is entirely irrelevant. Irrelevant, excuse me. It is meaningless. It is fluff meant to make us feel better and meant to somehow diminish the specter of fanatics rampaging across the globe in the name of Islam. The fact is that the fanatics rule Islam at this moment in history. It is the fanatics who march. It is the fanatics who wage any one of 50 shooting wars worldwide. It is the fanatics who systematically slaughter Christian or tribal groups throughout Africa, and are gradually taking over the entire continent in an Islamic wave. It is the fanatics who bomb. It is the fanatics who behead. It is the fanatics who murder. It is the fanatics who honor kill, and I would insert this thought. It is the, it is the fanatics that burn people to death. It is the fanatics who take over mosque after mosque. It is the fanatics who zealously spread the stoning and hanging of rape victims and homosexuals. It is the fanatics who teach their young to kill and to become suicide bombers. The hard, quantifiable fact is that the peaceful majority, the silent majority, is cowed and extraneous. Communist Russia was comprised of Russians who just wanted to live in peace. Yet the Russian communists, were responsible for the murder of about 20 million people. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. China's huge population was peaceful as well. But Chinese communists managed to kill a staggering 70 million people. The average Japanese individual prior to World War II was not a warmongering sadist. Yet Japan murdered and slaughtered its way across Southeast Asia in an orgy of killing that included the systematic murder of 12 million Chinese civilians, most killed by sword, shovel, and bayonet. And who can forget Rwanda, which collapsed into butchery? Could it not be said that the majority of Rwandans were peace-loving? History lessons are often incredibly simple and blunt, yet for all our powers of reason, we often miss the most basic and uncomplicated of points. Peace-loving Muslims have been made irrelevant by their silence. Peace-loving Muslims will become our enemy if they don't speak up. Because, like my friend from Germany, they will awaken one day and find the fanatics on them, and the end of their world will have begun.
peace-loving Germans, Japanese, Chinese, Russians, Rwandans, Serbs, Afghans, Iraqis, Palestinians, Somalis, Nigerians, Algerians, and many others have died because the peaceful majority did not speak up until it was too late. Now Islamic prayers have been introduced in Toronto and other public schools in Ontario, and yes, in Ottawa, too, while the Lord's Prayer was removed due to being so offensive. The Islamic way may be peaceful for the time being in our country until the fanatics move in. In Australia, and indeed in many other countries around the world, many of the most commonly consumed food items have a halal emblem on them. Just look at the back of some of the most popular chocolate bars and at other food items at your local supermarket. Food on aircraft have the halal emblem just to appease the privileged minority who are now rapidly expanding within the nation's shores. In the U.K., the Muslim communities refuse to integrate, and there are now dozens of no-go zones within major cities across the country that the police force dare not intrude upon. Sharia law prevails there because the Muslim community in those areas refuse to acknowledge British law. As for us who watch it all unfold, we must pay attention to the only group that counts, the fanatics who threaten our way of life. Now, friends, this is some information that if you've not heard it in your church, your church has been secularized. In other words, your church has come to the point to where now it fits in in the politically correct arena. I shared with you on last Tuesday night the very fact that what's taking place in our churches today is that they have been secularized. They have been taken to the point to where they're no longer what they once were. The first symptom that I shared with you is the fact that they only preach what is popular and they avoid what is culturally controversial. Let me continue with that point for just a while on this broadcast this evening, and then we'll move on to some other things, to point number two. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 9, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Let me share with you from the writings of the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans more that you probably won't hear at your church today or have it for a long time or will cease to hear in the future. Now, the Apostle Paul likely wrote his letter to the Romans about 25 years after Christ's death and resurrection, sometime between A.D. 55 and 57. Throughout the book of Romans, Paul warned of God's unfolding wrath against the Roman Empire, indeed against all humanity, for mankind's embrace and practice of pagan morality. Let's talk about pagan morality for a while this evening. Now, approach Paul's words with some objectivity, and you'll be left with this dreadful realization. The words of Christ's hand-picked messenger likewise paint an eerily accurate portrait of America, A.D. 2015. The negligible difference is that ancient pagan morality 
has been sanitized with a new euphemism. It's called postmodern progressivism. Let me tell you tonight, friends, it is unbridled, foolish pride that presumes that America, lest she depart the wide path to ancient Rome, will not suffer that empire's same fate. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, of course, this evening, friends, uh, an entire book could be written on this passage alone. But essentially, Paul is noting that knowledge of God's existence, knowledge of God's eternal power, knowledge of God's divine nature, and knowledge of God's moral law are self-evident. His truths are written on the hearts of every man, woman, and child, whether it be Jew or Christian or pagan alike. Those who deny this fact, the Bible tells us, are without excuse. And yet, what does it, what takes place in America today? We make excuses. Let me tell you something tonight, dear listener. Pull your eyes away from your smartphone for just a moment. Look around you. God's wrath is being revealed from heaven once more. We turn back to Romans chapter 1 and begin reading in verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Indeed, tonight, friends, there is nothing new under the sun. Sexual impurity in all its ugly forms, fornication and adultery and homosexuality and pornography and on and on, today is celebrated by these progressive fools. American culture revels in the, in the degrading of our bodies, and purity is mocked. God has given us over to sinful desires. Furthermore, while good Earthly stewardship is a sound biblical principle. The pantheism and the idolatry which Paul warned, by the way, that's worship of creation and false gods over the creator, prospers yet today in its contemporary totalitarian forms. 
Today it's called radical environmentalism and new ageism. The Bible tells us again in Romans 1 and verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Let me ask you a question. Was Paul rebuking progressives? Was he rebuking progressives on the U.S. Supreme Court? Was Paul rebuking progressives in the White House? Was Paul rebuking progressive liberals in Congress and any of the other cheerleaders for these shameful lusts and unnatural relations? Or was he just describing the disproportionately powerful and inflamed with lust homosexual lobby that these groups represent? Probably both. Either way, God's due penalty is non-discriminating. America's official endorsement of gay marriage and gay pride and the sodomite doctrine in our schools and transgender bathroom bills and bans on counseling to help with unwanted same-sex attraction will not end well. How do you know, preacher? Well, why don't we just ask Romans, back in chapter 1, verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, listen, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Friends, America has arrived. Shame on you, America. Our children today and our adults as well are depraved. They're occupied by envy. They attack innocent people. They beat and kill them for sport. They murder one another in the streets without love or mercy. They disobey. They gossip. They slander. They hate God. They are insolent, arrogant, boastful little monsters. They invent ways of doing evil. It's called being progressive. Still, though we have become a Romans 1 nation, an absent, widespread spiritual revival will fall as did Rome. I should say absent a spiritual revival. We will fall as did Rome. And those who embrace and follow the truth, by the way, who is Jesus Christ, they're not Romans 1 people. They're Romans 8 people. Romans 8, verse 1. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, friends, we live in a day and time when we esteem and uphold unborn baby eagles and protect them with the law as much as we possibly can. As I shared with you last week, it's still okay to kill a unborn baby. You see, a sure sign that your church has been secularized is that your church never deals with things that are politically incorrect. What is it to be politically incorrect? Let me share some more things with you tonight that your church won't deal with because it's become secularized and it's not standing on the principles of the Word of God. Let me begin by asking you a question. Are you a conservative? How about a libertarian? Are you a Christian tonight, or how about a gun owner? Are you opposed to things like abortion and globalism and communism and illegal immigration? Are you opposed to the United Nations or the New World Order? Hey, here's another question. Do you tonight believe in conspiracy theories? Do you believe that we are living in the end times, or do you ever visit alternative news websites such as this one? Who answered yes to any of those questions? Then today, as far as our government's concerned, you're a potential terrorist, according to official U.S. documents. Hey, friends, at one time, the term terrorist was used very narrowly. Government applied that label to people like Osama bin Laden and other Islamic jihadists. Now, Mr. Obama's administration is removing all references to Islam from terror training materials. And instead, the term terrorist is being applied to large groups of American citizens. Let me ask you a question. We're going to go to break here in just a moment. So let me ask you a couple of questions before we do. Are you a terrorist? If you are a terrorist, friend, that means that you have no rights, and the government can treat you just like it treats the terrorists that are being held at Guantanamo Bay. So if you belong to a group of people that's now being referred to as potential terrorists, please don't take what I'm about to share with you as a joke. Understand with me, that there are peaceful Americans today, law-abiding citizens, that are being ruthlessly demonized. We're going to take a break. When we come back for the second half of Covenanter's call, I want to share some of the 
buzzwords, some of the symptoms that are looked for in our day and time that would insert you and I into the category of being terrorists. You stay tuned for the second half of the Covenanters Talk. soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a caveman free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Two things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply.
All right, friends, welcome back to the Come and Answers call. Once again, let me encourage you to be a supporter of American Voice Radio. You have that opportunity right there on the main page of the website, bottom left-hand corner, and uh, you can give, give where you learn, give where, you, where you're fed, and uh, I know that that would be greatly appreciated, and that would help things uh, along as well. I'll remind you again about the uh, Bible conference that's going to take place next Monday and Tuesday evening in English, Indiana. If you'd like more information about that, simply contact me, and I will try to get out that contact information uh, at the end of the broadcast. And uh, would appreciate it if you could uh, contact me, let me know how things are going, and just let me know it's a puck or a duck situation, either yay or nay. And uh, we would love love to have you uh, contact us. Okay, very quickly. Once again, we're dealing with politically incorrect issues that if your church has been secularized, you'll never hear about. Uh, I'm sure most of you out there are aware of the 72 different types of Americans that today uh, are considered to be terrorists. I will read down through this list as quickly as possible. I don't know if we'll go through the whole thing or not. Uh, How about those that talk about individual liberties? You're terrorists. Those that advocate for states' rights, you're terrorists. Uh, those that want to make the world a better place, that means you're terrorists. Uh, the colonists who sought to free themselves from British rule, they were terrorists, you see. Uh, anyone that's interested in defeating the communists, that makes you a terrorist. Um, those that believe that the interests of one's own nation are separate from the interests of other nations or the common interests of all nations, that means you're terrorists. Uh, anyone that holds a, politically, a political ideology that considers the state to be unnecessary, harmful, or undesirable. How about this? Intolerance toward other religions. Anti-gay. Oh, terrorist. Uh, anti-immigrant. Anti-Muslim. Whoa. Uh, part of the patriot movement. Opposition to equal rights for gays and lesbians. Um, members of the Family Research Council. How about members of the American Family Association? Uh, you're a terrorist if you believe that Mexico, Canada, and the United States are secretly planning to merge into a European Union-like entity that may be known as the North American Union. Um, you're a terrorist if you're a member of the American Border Patrol or a member of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, members of the Tennessee Freedom Coalition, members of the Christian Action Network, anyone that's opposed to the New World Order, anyone that's engaged in conspiracy theorizing. Anyone that's opposed to Agenda 21, anyone that's concerned about FEMA camps, anyone that fears impending gun control or weapons confiscations, you're part of militia movements, you're terrorists, the sovereign citizen movement, those that don't think they should have to pay taxes, anyone that complains about bias, anyone that believes in government conspiracies to the point of paranoia, anyone that's frustrated with mainstream ideologies, anyone that visits extremist websites and blogs, anyone that establishes websites or blogs to display extremist views, anyone that attends rallies for extremist causes, anyone that exhibits extreme religious intolerance, anyone that's personally connected with a grievance, anyone that suddenly acquires a weapon, anyone that organizes protests against the extremist ideology. Uh, those are all terrorists, by the way, friend. Part of a militia, an organized militia, terrorists. A general right-wing extremist, you're terrorists. Uh, that have bumper stickers that are patriotic or anti-UN, that means you're a terrorist. 
those that refer to an army of God, those that are fiercely nationalistic, those that are anti-global, those that are suspicious of centralized federal authority, those that are reverent of individual liberty, those that believe in conspiracy, conspiracy theories, those that have a belief that one's personal and or national way of life is under attack, all these people are terrorists according to the, to the government. Those that possess a belief in the need to be prepared for an attack, either by participating in paramilitary preparations and training or survival attacks. Those that would impose strict religious tenets or laws on society. Those that would insert religion into the political sphere. Anyone that would seek to politicize religion. Those that have supported political movements for autonomy. Anyone that's anti-abortion or anti-Catholic or anti-nuclear. Right-wing extremists. Returning veterans. Hey, guys, when you come back, go over there and fight in the Oldman's War. Maybe you come back with some of your body parts missing. Now you're a terrorist. Those that are concerned about illegal immigration, those that believe in the right to bear arms, anyone that's engaged in ammunition stockpiling, anyone that exhibits fear of communist regimes, anti-abortion activists, those that are against illegal immigration, those that talk about the New World Order in a derogatory manner, those that have a negative view of the United Nations, those that are opposed to the collection of federal income taxes, those that supported former presidential candidates Ron Paul, Chuck Baldwin, and Bob Barr. Those that display the Gadsden flag. That's the don't tread on me flag. Those that believe in end times prophecies. And the final group, evangelical Christians. A church that's been secularized would never touch on these things. Nothing that's politically incorrect. Now, very quickly, before we get to the end of this broadcast, the second symbol or symptom of your church being secularized is that there is no standard for membership or there are no standards for those serving in ministry. I've heard many reports of many churches that allow anybody to become a member and or serve in ministry positions without being checked out. So what's the result today, friends? The result is people serving on worship teams or as small group leaders or pastors are engaging in adultery, cohabitating, or living a morally subpar Christian life. What does it take to become a member of a true church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, if you've got your Bibles, it's very simple. We could go to several places, but we're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, saying they were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayer. You see, friends, the Bible teaches very pointedly, very simply, that to become a member of a true Bible church, the first step is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter tonight, friend, if you disagree with that or if you're throwing your hands up and saying, oh, I've heard all this mess before. It doesn't matter what your thoughts may be. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how that strikes you. 
God doesn't care. Because he says in his word that these are the qualifications. First of all and foremost, you must be born again. Listen to me, friend. If you're listening to this radio broadcast tonight and you have not yet been born again, you need to be. Because every individual that comes into this life is born in sin and born a sinner. Because of that fact, a payment is demanded of God Almighty or by God Almighty. God Almighty can do as he pleases because he's God. Once again, it doesn't matter if you and I like that. It doesn't matter if we think it's politically correct. And it certainly doesn't matter tonight if we think it's fair. God does as he pleases. He is a holy, righteous God, and he has his guidelines. Therefore, he says, if you're going to become a member of one of my churches, then the first thing you have to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Secondly, the first step of obedience is to be scripturally baptized. Listen to me, friend. That doesn't mean they sprinkled you at the baptismal font when you were a baby. It doesn't mean they poured water over you eight days after you were born. To be scripturally baptized means that you follow the Lord and believers' baptism. The word baptized there means to plunge into. It's baptism by immersion. You're put totally underwater. Now, friends, that baptism doesn't save you. You're already born again. You've already put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Baptism simply is symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's a public way to let people around you know that you've truly been born again. This is how you become a member of the church. Now stop with me and think about where you go to church. How does one become a member where you go to church? Many times they become a member simply because they state they want to be. After all, people don't want to be considered heathen in their own backyard. They don't want their neighbors to think that they're just out-and-out heathens. Therefore, they, they go through the, the status quo. They go ahead and they allow themselves to be placed in the membership of a church. Most churches today, by the way, are not true lordship churches. Therefore, most churches today are filled full of people that are members and have no business being there. See, friend, it really doesn't matter what you and I think about. It really doesn't matter how good you may think you are. You're just a sinner. It doesn't matter how important you may think you are. It doesn't matter how much you think other people should honor you. If you today are a member of your church and you have no idea what I've talked about as far as putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's because you have a secularized church. It's a church in name only, friend. It's a church that simply espouses some kind of religiosity to give everybody a Sunday morning feel good. The Bible says there are qualifications that make you a part of the church. But let me get into the second part of this as we finish this broadcast this evening. Your church has been secularized if there are absolutely no requirements for those that serve in leadership. I want you to know there are only two offices in the church, two offices of responsibility. 
trustee is not one of them. Deaconess is not one of them. Sunday school superintendent is not one of them. Assistant pastor is not one of them. Pastor emeritus is not one of them. Are you still with me? Are you mad yet? I want you to try and find these offices that I've just mentioned in the Scripture to see how scriptural they really are. How about youth leader? We try to quantify and give some respect to all of the different areas of responsibility that we like to establish in our churches by attaching pastor to it. Youth pastor. Old people minister. Senior saints pastor. Music minister. On and on and on it goes. You'll find these offices in Scripture for the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are only two. The first one is the bishop. The word bishop describes for us a responsibility of a local pastor. Now, this is going to blow some of you out of the water, but it's because you don't understand your Bibles. The bishop and the elder and the pastor shepherd simply describe different responsibilities of the same man. There is the office uh, office of the bishop. The bishop rules, the elder leads, and the pastor shepherd feeds. The pastor has those responsibilities. Nowhere in Scripture do we find that the church is to be led by the deacon board or the trustees or all of these other man-made entities that we like to place so much power and respect in. No. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in Titus chapter 1, the responsibilities and requirements for a man that's going to be a bishop or a pastor, if you please, also in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we're given the description of requirements for the other office in the church, and that's the deacon. You see, the office of the bishop comes with authority, but the office of the deacon in Scripture has no authority. Now, we're dealing with this this evening, folks, and I know for some of you this may uh, be blowing past you, but it's very important that you understand in order that we might understand that God places certain requirements on those that serve in the ministry. Let me read them to you very quickly as far as the bishop is concerned. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless. Think about that up the word blameless in the dictionary and see what it means. That means he shouldn't skip from one church to the next because he ran into some trouble with the finances or he was immoral or he didn't get along with some of the people in the church. So he up and ran and he leaves behind him a bad reputation. A bishop then must be blameless. Here's the next one. Oh, people love to hear this one. The husband of one wife. 
Now, unfortunately, for those that try and pervert this scripture, it simply means not one wife at a time. It means one wife. You see, it is a misrepresentation of all that God established in scripture for a divorced man to be a pastor. I'm pausing here for effect. Or divorce is a hot issue today, and we want to blame it on everybody except who it ought to be blamed on, and that's the two people that went through it. A divorced man, friends, is not to be a pastor. We're told that in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in Titus chapter 1. One wife. Your pastor a divorced man? Maybe he's on his third or fourth wife. Oh, but he's a good man. Everybody loves him. Everybody thinks the world of him. They think he's great. They think he's wonderful. What about a divorced man? The Bible says he's to be a husband of one wife. Got a good question that was just asked of me. A very, a very good question. Some people say, well, what about a widowed man? Let me tell you what I believe the Bible teaches. You can disagree with me. That's fine. But I believe this point in Scripture so much that for me personally, if my wife passed from this life and I became a widower, I believe I would have the right to remarry. I believe I would be freed from that bond because it's still death depart. But I don't believe that I could ever stand in the position of pastor again because I would not be with my original wife. Oh, I know some people think that's crazy. That's all right. You don't have to do that. That's where God has me. We do not want to take anything away from God's description of a pastor. So you say, well, yeah, well, and our pastor, he's not been divorced, but his wife has. I think you have the same problem, friends. Study your Bible. Your church is a secularized church if you've got divorced men in your book. He's to be vigilant. What's that mean? That means he deals with things that are politically incorrect. That means he cries aloud and spares not and tells God's people of their sin, as we're told in the scriptures to do. Does your preacher do that? Because if he doesn't, friend, then he is a secularized preacher. He's to be sober. What's that mean? Some people say, well, our preacher doesn't drink. No, that's not the kind of sober he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that he should be level-headed. He's talking about the fact that he should be a serious thinker, right? He's to be of good behavior. What's that mean? That simply means he behaves himself. He's to be given to hospitality. What's that mean? That means folks are welcome at his house. I've known preachers down through the years that so distance themselves from the people that sit in the pew that the people hardly know them. I don't see Jesus doing that in the Bible. I see Jesus saying, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. I see Jesus sitting down with publicans and sinners and eating meals with them to share the gospel with them. How can a man that's a true pastor be unfriendly and not be hospitable? If your pastor isn't friend, your church is secularized. He's to be apt to teach. See, the pastor-teacher has a dual responsibility. There are many men today that have the ability to pastor that cannot teach. 
And there are many today that can teach but have no idea how to pastor. Yet the Bible says this man is to have both. He's not given to wine. I want to get into discussion tonight about wine for the stomach's sake, and if a little wine's okay or so on and so forth. The bishop's not to be given to it. None. He's not to be a striker. What's that mean? So hot-headed that every time a disagreement comes about, he's ready to go to Fifth City. Oh, don't misunderstand me. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time to war, but not at the drop of every hat. He's not to be greedy of filthy lucre. What's that mean? That means all he's interested in is money. Hey, did your pastor take a salary? If you can show me that in the Bible, my well, the Bible says don't muzzle the oxen fed about the brain. Huh? You know, worthy of double honor. Blah, 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 blah. Personally, I don't think a pastor should take a salary. I think a man that stands behind the pulpit and preaches the just shall live by faith ought to do it himself and trust God to meet his needs. Not greedy of filthy lucre. He's to be patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Well, you know, I think I could serve the Lord better if I had a Mercedes. He's to be one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? That would disqualify the great majority of men that stand in pulpits today. They don't have a proper relationship with their wives, and they haven't trained up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Hey, let me ask you a question this morning, or this evening, friend. What kind of families your pastors have? Because if they're not in subjection to him when they're at home, and if they're not living for God once they leave home, your church has been secularized. That man that stands behind your pulpit should not be a pastor. Verse 6, he's not to be a novice. What's that mean? That means, friend, you don't go to Bible school and study your little pastor's courses for two or three years and come out of there 21 years of age and step into the pulpit. That's not the Bible example. The Bible says that there are to be men that have poor heads, gray hairs. There are to be aged men. There are to be men that have experience and know what they're doing. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. So what's it all mean, friend? You see, if there's no standard in your church for people that serve in leadership, your church has been secularized. It is not the kind of church that brings honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. It brings honor and glory to men. It uplifts them and gives them a feel-good, a little buzz of religion so that they can go out the back door after they've dropped a little bit into that offering plate, which, by the way, can be passed around so that everybody can see what you've given. And they can feel good about themselves as they traipse along their way down the primrose path, straight back into the kind of living they were doing before they came in on Sunday morning. See, your church has been secularized. It has been secularized, number one. If your church refuses to speak out on the issues of the day and refuses to deal with politically incorrect topics, 
secondly, your church has been secularized, friend. If there's no standard for membership, anybody, yeah, oh, yeah, we want the money people in our church. Have you ever stopped and realized in how many churches today the people that are on the deacon's board are the people with money? Ah, you know what deacon means, friend? He's dirt. Deacons are helpers. They have no authority within the church. They're to give their services on behalf of the pastor to help him in the service of the word. If there's no standard for membership and no standard for those that serve in positions of authority, your church has been secularized. This is the Covenanter's Call. I'd love to hear from you this week. Write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569 North State Highway 337 in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. Give me a phone call, that number, 812-653-5578, or send me an email. You know those are free. That email address, Pastor Mike, at historicbaptists.net. Pastor Mike at historicbaptists.net. By the way, again, I encourage you to check out our church website, www.historicbaptists.net, and you have the opportunity there to sign up for preaching from the Stamper's Creek pulpit. Say, what do you charge for it? Absolutely nothing. Uh, By the way, that's another way you can tell if your church is secularized. Freely you have received, the Bible says, freely give. Ministry, to be a ministry, do it for no charge. Study your Bibles, friend, and you'll realize whether or not your church has been secularized or if your church is a 501c3 that's simply in it not to make a profit. Yes, again. Hear the pipes. Time's up. So we need to get on the airways. May God bless you, that friend. Good night.
and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Alfred Addison. This is the American Independence Hour for Tuesday, uh, third day of February, year of our Lord, 2015. I am, as usual and always, broadcasting from within a state of the Union. In this case, it's the state of Texas, the Union being uh, styled the United States of America. I am not in the territory of district state of the United States. I say that because it helps, in my opinion, that plus a lucky lucky rabbit's foot and a couple of four-leaf clovers 
In theory, it helps keep the government off your back. I'm trying to establish that I am in a venue that the, the existing government probably can't operate in, or if it does, it can only exercise limited powers as outlined in Article One of the Constitution of the United States. If you're off in a territory or if you're off in a state of the United States, not a state of the United States of America, two different venues, two different kinds of states, if you are in the territory, the district, the state of the United States, I believe you are under the exclusive legislative jurisdiction of the Congress. They can delegate that, some of that, dis, uh, that, that, that legislative power to your local legislature, but the fact remains you are no longer in a state of the union. And this is interesting because if you read the preamble to the Bill of Rights, you can find that on the on, you can Google it yourself on the internet. You can find preamble to Bill of Rights, and if you read it closely, you'll realize that the Bill of Rights were intended to protect the states of the Union and the people of the states of the Union against the newly formed government called the United States. Right? The purpose of the Bill of Rights Second Amendment, for example, is not to protect us against an invasion by Great Britain or Red China. That's not what the Second Amendment is all about. They figure you've got brains enough to do that on your own. It's not intended to protect your right to go duck hunting or deer hunting in the fall. The Second Amendment is like the First Amendment and the other eight amendments that comprise the Bill of Rights. It's intended to protect you if you are one of the people of a state of the Union. And if you are acting within a state of the Union... It's intended to protect you against abuse by the government of the United States. It's not intended, the Bill of Rights is not intended to protect you against abuse or misconstruction of the powers of your state constitutions. If you want to be protected against your state constitutions, you look to the Bill of Rights that's associated with each of your state constitutions. But if you allow yourself to appear as a U.S. person rather than a man made in God's image, endowed by your creator with certain unalienable rights, and one of the people of your state of the union, if you go to court and you allow yourself to appear as a U.S. person, a U.S. citizen, an inhabitant, an occupant, a number of other things, it'll be presumed that you are acting in a territory, in my opinion. I can't prove that's true, but I believe it is. They'll be able to proceed on that opinion, or on that presumption, to kick you around any way they please. But if you can establish from the get-go, no, wait, I'm one of the people of not inhabitants, not occupants, not even citizens, one of the people of the state of Texas, or the state of Oregon, or the state of Ohio, I'm one of the people and all of the actions that took place in the context of this case, relations case, took place within the borders of a state of the union, the state of Texas, the state of Oregon, the state of Ohio, etc. Then the government has a problem, because in my opinion, their exclusive legislation does not, their capacity for exclusive legislation does not apply in, in uh, within the borders of a state of the union. So, I'm doing my little dance here. I've got the dance of the seven veils going on, and 
couple of those veils are, one, I'm a man made in God's image, as per Genesis 1, 26 through 28. I'm not an animal. I am endowed by my creator with certain unalienable rights, as per the Declaration of Independence. And I have access to those rights through the Ninth Amendment. You know, that's another one of those topics we've talked about from time to time, but it's worth taking a look at. There have been some people who have focused on the importance of the Tenth Amendment, the Tenth Amendment. The power is not delegated in the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited uh, by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people, people. Constitution starts out, we the people, if you go in in a capacity other than one of the people, you are not protected, right? I won't say that's absolutely true in every single possible instance, but you want to make that claim as one of the people of a state of the union. Tenth Amendment, they're saying the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited to it, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved the states respectively or to the people well that's the interesting amendment it says a certain amount of power and it's a way of claiming certain powers that the government may not have but if you don't establish where you are when you make that claim on the 10th amendment if you don't establish that you're one of the people of the state of texas or one of the people of the state of ohio and so on if you don't make that claim, that Tenth Amendment doesn't apply to you. You can walk in the judgments and say, well, that's a nice try, Sonny, but you didn't shine your shoes, so we're going to rule against you. They won't tell you why you're not going to be able to work that Tenth Amendment effectively. But the reason is perhaps that you have you failed to identify yourself as one of the people of a state of the Union, not a state of the United States. It says the power is not delegated to the United States, meaning the government by the Constitution or prohibited by it to the states, meaning the states of the Union, because that was the only kind of states they had when the when the Bill of Rights was adopted. There were no territorial states or administrative districts. The only they had were states of the Union. You don't identify with that state of the Union. You've got to claim to be one of the people, and you've got to claim that all relevant actions that are complained of or relevant case of and took place within a state of the union if you want to make a claim on this 10th amendment amendment that same reasoning goes to the balance of the amendments in the bill of rights and it might explain why most of them have been watered down to where they have very little force anymore they don't have force within states of the within the states of the united states excuse me they do have force within the states of the union you don't make that, you don't establish your venue, you're in trouble. But the Ninth Amendment strikes me as far more important than the Tenth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people, not the inhabitants, not the occupants, not the citizens, not the persons retained by the people getting that idea. Um, the enumeration of uh, the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or discourage others retained by the people. If you can approach the court and make clear that you are appearing in the status of one of the people, then the Ninth Amendment is available to you. If you allow yourself to be presumed to be, you 
other labels, but not one of the people of a state of the union or one of the people of the United States of America. If you allow that, you're going to have a very bad hair day. But if you can establish, I'm one of the people, not of the State of the Union, not one of the persons, inhabitants, occupants, citizens, and so on, of of the singular United States. You're one of the people you can make a claim on previous rights. For example, how many of you would like to be able to claim your God-given unalienable rights under the Declaration of Independence? Starts out, says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, which is a form of the people, are, are, are... created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the third sentence is that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. There we go again. This is Washington Times. is expressing its contempt for me in particular and for people in general by running its damnable videos. can't hear that, but trust me. It was not just an imaginary voice. The Washington Times, they throw these videos on. If you click their website, I complain about this probably every program. Because that's the definition of insanity, making the same complaints about Internet time after time after time. And uh, we're having some problem perhaps with our video quality. I'm not sure if that's true or false. Let's see if Frank has had a... Uh Frank is laughing at me. All right, let me just conclude on this Ninth Amendment. Again, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights, meaning just because they list five or ten or twenty rights in the Constitution, doesn't mean that any other rights are denied or disparaged still have those others that are retained by the people. So if you walk into the court, you can establish that you're one of the people and you have a way of claiming the rights found, for example, in the Declaration of Independence. The Ninth Amendment is your doorway back to the to the to the uh, Declaration of Independence and those God given unalienable rights. Who can deny them? Those rights are there for all men all members of the people. It is not there for all U.S. persons, U.S. citizens, inhabitants, occupants, legal fictions, persons. It's only for the men and women made in God's image and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Ninth Amendment can get you back to those rights, in my opinion. I've never done it myself, but I believe that argument is solid, it's valid. If If you have time, you don't rush it the way I'm doing right now. It can be presented to a court, and the court will say, oh, my gosh. At least the jury will. The court court itself will say, damn. And the jury will say, cool. He's using the Ninth Amendment to get back to the rights declared in the Declaration of Independence. So in any case, Ninth Amendment is important to me in having, oh, belabored that point for probably ten minutes right now. I want to introduce Frank Steffen, who's the co-host on the program. Hello, Frank. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Huh? And we are going to... a lot of comments on what you have been saying. Uh, does it make any sense to people or not? Well, yeah, it's just that, the, you know, the Tenth Amendment happens to be one of those... Mm-hmm. ...activism thing because 
you know, living here in Oregon and uh, the federal government, you know, based. Yep. And, you know, so I think I know a lot about it. And uh little short thing, so it's not that hard to know a lot about it because it's only, what, two lines, one sentence. Well, it's four lines in my little book, but it's still one big sentence. Yeah. I agree. Just to find a way. It's, it's, it's you know, short and sweet. And the thing it seems is, like that. It makes but, it very clear, though, that it's a really simple concept that the federal government has come No, it has. The powers what are not delegated. Look, if, if the powers are not in the Constitution, Oh, yeah, I mean, powers are in the Constitution under Article 4, Section 3, Clause 2. They have exclusive legislative jurisdiction in the territories and districts. If they're treating Oregon as a territory or a district of the United States under Article 3 or Article 4, Section 3, Clause 2, Congress can do anything it wants. The Tenth Amendment only applies within these the borders of these states of Oregon in relation to your problem. It doesn't apply within the within the territory. I understand I understand okay. that, that argument and agree with it actually. Bottom line is that that happened. Wouldn't you say that being the control of the government and you know public schools to regulate that by doing what they've done in the way they've done it without just standing up and saying, hey, guess what we did, that it's fraud? No, it's not exactly fraud because I think they do this. The whole, the great weakness in their system, it is presumed that you have voluntarily moved from the State of the Union into this state, the the state of the United States, the territory, the administrative district. It's presumed you walked in voluntarily, and therefore there's no fraud involved. And, and I agree that that is why it seems as though that everything they do, everything that they rope people into, is by our consent, actually. I agree. That's, that's, I, what I it, that's, that's their why presumption. they're doing it. But well, if you don't consent, they have a problem. But how do you show you? How do you manifest your consent? What's one of the ways to manifest that you consent to operate um, within one of the states of the United States rather than one of the states of the United States of America? There's a lot of ways. What's the biggest one? Look in your wallet. Are you using okay. Federal Reserve notes to discharge your bills? And your again, debt? you know, you could. And and here's the thing: it, it is a presumption. And yes, yep. they can say, "Hey, look, you've got. Hey, what's in your wall? Look, I presume that that's that." And then if you don't know what you're saying in there, and I've seen this happen, you know, people got their arguments down and they throw in some crazy thing like that, <laughs> and, and they've got their eyes like, uh, "What?" And they, you're in headlight. And now you're done. You're over. Yep. It's it's yep. done for you. But if you say, "Oh, yeah, well, yeah, Federal Reserve notes. That's right, because by the law of necessity, there is no other currency in." That's right. It's necessary for me to do this. It doesn't mean anything. It's, I'm not agreeing to anything by this. But you've they got presume, to however, they have a silent presumption. Sure, but you got and you got to know that. And if they do, oh yeah, presume, yeah. you can say, hey, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, sorry, yeah. try again. Yeah, I I agree. But the, it is the key to our salvation, in a sense, as I as in my opinion, our salvation. I don't mean eternally, of course, but I'm talking relative to this government. 
is I think they're operating on the presumption that we voluntarily move from a state of the union into this state, the artificial oh, territory. And if you can, if you can expressly deny this, I never consented that. I never consented that. I have been within, which brings me back to the beginning of the program. I'm telling you right up front, I'm not consenting to do my work within a within a state of the United States. And once you, I'm expressing up front, so the presumption sure. is at least compromised. Well, yeah. From here on out, anybody wants to come after this guy, <laughs> I'm setting up my defense every program I do. On and, and if they did say what's in your pocket, no, what's that? A Federal Reserve note? You know, no, that's like, uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, okay, so what? You know, you, oh, do you mean that having this means something other than it's the, you know, it's the only thing that there is available? Because if that's the case, that would be fraud. Yeah, you I understand. mean that, do you? You know, and you just start asking again, you see? They, they, that's, they, they can't admit this in public. No. The system works, in my opinion, just so long as you people don't figure it out. That's and it, the first though. time you start asking, well, what the heck are you guys doing? And they say, well, yeah. we don't want to talk about that. Exactly. Why don't we just get your case and get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a break for some commercials, Frank, and we'll come back and... Uh, I'm Alfred Adams, the American Independence Hour. We'll be back in a moment. Talk about my heart strength, mental illness. We're right back. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. 
Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adams here on the American Independence Hour, the second hour. This is actually a two-hour program, as most of you know. Second hour, we're going to interview Kent Hovind. Kent is a a minister, and he has been one of the foremost advocates for the for the for, for the idea of creationism. It's the idea that the world really was created in six days by God, and on the seventh he rested, as described in Genesis uh, in the Bible. And most people would say, "Oh, that's crazy talk." But in fact, I first heard Kent talk. Back in the 1990s, and I was much astonished. He put up a uh, put up a presentation where he showed that a lot of things that we think of as science in the theory of evolution turns out turned out not to be so scientific at all. And he was the first one to make me realize that evolution is not as scientific as a lot of people suppose. It's just another system of belief with little more to support it logically than there is to support the theory of creationism. This is not to say that one is absolutely right, one is absolutely wrong. I'm not doing that here. I'm simply saying they are both equally probable. And we can't just dismiss one out of hand, which we've been doing in the past. Well, he advocated that in the 1990s, sensitized me to the value of Genesis, uh, the book of Genesis, and one thing led to another, and ten years later, I am brought into the, in front of the Attorney General of the State of Texas and charged with the manufacture and distribution of, of controlled substance, which was colloidal silver. I'm one of seven defendants. There are six that had been there for five years before I even got in, before they dragged me into it. And I read the laws, and you've heard me talk about the man or other animals defense a number of times. I don't know that I would have found that in 2006 if I hadn't heard Kent Hovind speak back around 1996, 10 years earlier, and sensitized me to the idea that Genesis, the story of creation, it's more than just a little myth. Everything may be true, and there are fundamental principles that are are important. Well, the man or other animals thing, to my mind, is the biggest story in the last 50 years. It's evidence that our government has been committing genocide against the people. They're operating on the presumption. Frank and I were talking about presumptions in the previous segment of the program. <clears throat> the government is operating on the presumption that you and your children and your parents are all just animals. And if you are, you don't have any of those rights under the Declaration of Independence. Here we go again. The, the uh, Washington Times has to play that little video again. Keep it up. I'm not going to refer to your to your publication except as trash, folks. I know they will, but in any case, can't hold them. He's on. He's in prison right now. He's been there for eight years on a ten-year sentence, and they are currently threatening to prosecute him again, and this time lock him up for up to a hundred years in slammer. And the strong probability is that he's being treated to the possibility of extraordinary punishment, excessive punishment, because he has approached this argument about creationism. And I don't think he's understood how powerful the argument really is. The new world order is based on the presumption that you are animals. That's contrary to fundamental principles of creationism. 
right? The New World Order is based on the theory of evolution to a substantial degree, contrary to the, the theory of creationism, the idea that you are made by God in his image and given dominion over the animals. Can't that close to something powerful and central to the whole New World Order, and they have rewarded him. At least it appears that they have rewarded him by throwing his butt in the slammer for 10 years and eight years now, two more to go, but a new trial coming where they might give him up to 100 years. That's what they're threatening him with. So in any case, we're, invent- we're interviewing Kent Hovind in the second half of the program, and I hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we're going to talk about mental illness, a subject that's near and dear to Frank's heart. I know this article was reported uh, by ZeroHedge.com. And the headline is, if you question authority, you are mentally ill. Right. Uh-huh. You see? But at least you're not in that state of denial. You get it. It says, in part, as the mind unleashed.org informs us, the definition for this new mental illness essentially amounts to declaring any nonconformity and questioning of authority as a form of insanity. This is from the Diagnosis and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is the Bible for the people in the psychiatric profession, if you can call it that. Uh, mm -hmm. An opening, an ongoing pattern of disobedient, hostile, and defiant behavior. Symptoms include questioning authority, negativity, defiance, argumentativeness, and being easily... (laughs) Annoyed. Oh man. So you better not let you better not be annoyed by Obama. You better not talk to the phone company. That's another one. <laughs> you know? Stay away, just pay the damn bill and don't get uppity with any of your utilities because it'll be evidence that you're easily annoyed and therefore mentally ill. In short, as Natural News put it, according to US psychiatrists, only the sheeple, meaning the people who just go along and do as they're told, they're the only ones that are sane. And they also go on to say every time a new issue of the, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders appears, the number of mental disorders grows, and this growth has, and this growth is exponential. A century ago, there were essentially seven disorders. Eighty years ago, there were 59. Fifty years ago, there were 130. And by 2010, there were 374 disorders, 77 of which were found in just seven years. Now, the point is, apparently the shrinks think that they can make money off of new mental disorders, just like uh, certain agricultural companies think they can make money over genetically modified seeds. Or doctors claiming there's a such thing as, you know, like an ADD because the kid doesn't pay attention. Well, there's such ADD, otherwise known as boys being boys. Yeah, I'm bored. This is boring. You know, yeah, that's not, you know. Yep. But, you know, this is interesting to me. It reminds me when I was a kid, I remember probably up until the time I was 10 years old, People, maybe even later than that, people complaining about the evil Soviet Union and how they, they would, anyone who disagreed with government was declared to be mentally ill and then they'd send them off to a facility where they would be 
drugs electric, uh, treated to electric shock therapy, perhaps have a prefrontal lobotomy. Oh, I believed all that as a kid. I remember that. Yeah, now, now what do you think? <laughs> well, I must now it's not something. true. Now, now the government is not evil. If they're gonna, it would. If the Russian government was gonna do that to Russian people, the Russian government was evil. If our government's gonna do it to us, well, that's not evil. That's just. No, uh, I, I really am. I really am confused. I thought yep. Oregon must have gotten transported to somewhere in Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the, the unions of Soviet Union instead of the perpetual union of yeah. the United States of America. You're now in the Union of Soviet Socialistic Republics. You know, or, this just goes to prove that it's true that the lunatics really are running the asylum. And it's not even just the lunatics. It's some very wicked people. Yeah. You know, what they're talking about here, they're saying George Washington was mentally ill, Thomas Jefferson was mentally ill, James Madison was mentally ill, John Adams was mentally ill. All of the people that participated in the American Revolution were mentally ill, you could argue that everybody fought in World War II against the Nazis was mentally ill. They were defying authority, you know. <laughs> I mean, Hitler had legitimate authority within Germany. Why fight him? Well, in that case, uh, Roosevelt was mentally ill and Churchill was mentally ill. They, you know, everybody right. who opposed right. anybody was mentally ill. This is so patently offensive, abusive, treasonous. I mean, this is being designed as an accommodation for the government, where the government right. can come in, just like the cops, and say, well, we're entitled to shoot you because we're cops. Now we're entitled to jail you because you refuse to believe what we say. You defy authority, that's proof you're crazy. If you don't deny it, you are crazy. We come in, we're going to claim you're crazy, Frank. How do we know? Because you have been resisting government, all right? You've been disobedient, hostile, and defiant to the powers of government, you've been resisting authority, that proves you're crazy. If you deny it, Frank, we're going to haul you off and give you a prefrontal lobotomy or some shock treatment. Because there you go again. (laughs) We're going to haul you off and we'll give you drugs. (laughs) You see, because, you know, we know you're crazy because you've been defiant, and what? You're denying it. See, there you go again. Yeah, yeah. I'm not crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's proof. You've just proved you're nuts. You're denying you're crazy. There you go again. See? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, this is why uh, it's important to, uh, you know, hey, it is important to have dictionaries. It is important to know the law. It is important to have food and water and gold and silver and all these things. But it's also important to have a gun and lots of ammo. (laughs) The ultimate act of defiance. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're crazy. Yes, but if if no one's left to call you crazy, are you really crazy? If they call you crazy and you don't deny it, you know, is that proof you are crazy or proof that you're not crazy? And if you do deny it, you're just going to be punished more thoroughly. The other thing is, this is so clearly exactly what Nazi Germany and Stalin's Soviet Union did. Yep. I mean, it's so, and this is not ancient history. This isn't like saying, oh, Go read the rise and fall of the Roman Empire to see what's going on. This is this is this can be called modern history. Yeah, you know, and and it's 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 like, hello, there it is. This is exactly what they did. Uh, I mean, a lot of red flags ought to be going up. It is so intolerable. It you know the lot of the red flags should be flying. 
you mean, oh my gosh, and it should be more than that. Somebody should be talking to the government, talking to, you know, I think an argument can be made that whoever published that, uh, what is it, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM, whoever published that includes this new disease that if you defy, if you defy um, authority as a form of insanity, they are slandering me, in my opinion. Not a lot of people say, no, no, you're right, the guy is a little bit, he is a half a bubble off, but I don't think half a bubble is enough. No. I don't think you should be jailed just unless you're at least a full bubble. Well, and, no, you, and you made the point, you know, you made the point that, okay, all right, you're insulting me, and that's true, but what about defaming, what, defaming me, not like, just insulting me. What about defaming guys? What about guys like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and the, the the heroes of the Revolution? What about all those people? What about everybody who signed the Declaration of Independence? What about Martin Luther King? What yeah. about people who have engaged in various forms of resistance that persisted for decades in order to try to gain some sort of some sort of rights, uh, cause government to recognize some of our rights? Are they crazy now? Well, this is by this definition, yeah. Yeah, I know. I understand. And, uh, you know, it is so dangerous, so obviously un American. You know, there is a verse there. The, uh, there's, 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 here's, here's from the, uh, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them, meaning the people. Under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. That's from the Declaration of Independence. And that say I, says I have a right, I have a duty to resist the government when it becomes, when, it's, when we observe a long train of abuses and usurpations that are leading to, leading to absolute despotism. We have a right and a duty to overthrow them, and that's in our Declaration of Independence. But the Domestic uh, Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders says, oh, no, you're crazy. Yeah, and I'm you, sure the, the eggheads would say, oh, well, we don't mean that. We mean you, you know, when you, mean, you do something. We don't mean them. They weren't crazy. That was a different time. Well, here's another one about it. Who exactly is going to be crazy right now? For example, if the government resists the authority of the Constitution, and they say, well, we don't have to, are they defying authority? Does this evidence that our government is insane? Well, they're clearly psychopaths, but we didn't need this to figure that out. Yeah, I understand. You know, I mean, <laughs> the question is, who? okay, which authority? It's not a simple question. There's not a simple answer as to who is the authority that must be obeyed because there are authorities, and there are authorities that are at a lower level and are authorities even lower than that. Right. Well, God, number one, and the people, number two, and the government, number three, well, in I, terms of fundamental authorities. And under that, the government has clearly made a big, big effort in the last, I don't know, 20 or 30 years to uh, rebuke the uh, authority of God, for sure. Absolutely. We see evidence they're trying to get references to Christianity. They're encouraging schools to have some sort of welcoming ceremonies or whatever for Muslims. And Christians, on the other hand, you better keep your mouth shut if you know what's good for you. And don't bring that Bible anywhere near this pool. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like bringing a pail of water 
the castle of the Wicked Witch of the West, you know? Yeah. Break water around here. Okay. That's it. Let's take some more commercials, and we'll get into our third break in just a moment. And after that, we'll there'll be an interview with Kent Holden. Please stay tuned. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional-strained formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Okay, folks, I'm Alfred Adams, here on the American Independence with an Hour with Frank Steffen. We've got a couple more topics to discuss before we get to the interview with Kent Hovind. And let's see what I want to get to next. Here's one. They're talking about what's crazy. They, you know, if you defy authority, you're crazy. Here's a bill introduced by D.C. lawmakers that would grant some immigrants lacking U.S. citizenship the ability to vote in municipal elections. Now, this is only in the District of Columbia, but I'm looking at this, and I said, this apparently would not be, if you're in favor of letting people who aren't even American citizens vote in Washington, D.C., not a problem. Okay, that's not crazy. All right. Uh, just look at it. cracks me up. Here's, here's, here's one that's more interesting, perhaps. We've, we've had an article that the judges... Supreme Court has ruled that judges can own stock in private prison corporations, right? 
And this includes judges that are sentencing people to prison. There's no problem. Do you want to own stock in the uh, CCA, Correctional Corporation? of No problem. You're judge. You have a freedom to do that. Okay, it's only right. And there won't be any conflict of interest. Sure, you may be sentencing some guy like Kent Oban to 100 years in a slammer, and it helps your corporation to make more money, but that's not a conflict of interest for the judges. This is not a problem. But here's one that is. We have my favorite, the Washington Times. And it says, Boy Scout participation off-limit to judges, says California Supreme Court. Supreme Court of California now surprised that California judges will no longer be permitted to participate in nonprofit youth groups like Boy Scouts of America due to the group's position on gay rights issues. <clears throat> the judges can own stock in the corporations where they jail people, but they can't participate in Boy Scouts because the Boy Scouts are anti-gay. And you, Frank, are crazy if you say one word, Frank, one word. Right? That's evidence. You're defying authority. And you must be crazy. Oh, I'm not going to say anything. You know, I mean, this is just, you know, I mean, where are we at here in this country? Is this the end yet or what? I mean, not quite, you know. We may be, we may be on our... You know, our, our landing uh, pattern, we may be in the landing pattern, but we are not done with this flight yet. Yeah, I, and I don't think we're coming in for a smooth landing either. <laughs> I think there must be some sort of a secret contest. Among, there's going to be a fireball involved in this landing. I think, there's a, I think there's a contest among legislators to see who can come up with the craziest damn law. Well, the Supreme Court's been coming up with quite a few of them. They've got a lot of experience. They're certainly front runners, that's for sure. But you saw what uh, Sotomayor said just the other day that there is no such thing as there is no such thing. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there no such judicial rationalism either, probably. No. Uh, there's, yeah, it's uh, somewhere. Uh, I have trouble imagining what the days of Noah must have been like. Camp were worse. <laughs> but camp to be, you know, if, if you, you had your arthritis or whatever, it wouldn't be a good time. No. <laughs> Got another one here. Here's something. TSA, this is from uh, Channel 2 News, CBS. I'm not sure what city this is coming out of, but CVS is the source. TSA to require secured identification to board flights in 2016. Says security for flying in this country is tightening up, and your driver's license just may be your ticket to boarding airplanes in the future. Sometime in 2016, the TSA will require you to show a security-enhanced driver's license called a real ID card or a passport to board flights. It is a choice, said David Ferrero, Public Information Officer of the Department of Motor Vehicles. It's not mandatory. They'd never make it. They won't frank. Frank. You don't need to resist this because it's not mandatory. Right. It would be crazy to resist this idea. This is to protect you, see? It's a choice for secured identification. If you use a passport when you're traveling, you don't have any problems. 
if you use a driver's license as identification, you'll need to either apply for the real ID card or get a passport. And you know, the real ID has a white star with a gold circle around it at the top corner of the ID, and that will be on some driver's license. Uh -huh. I have a real question here about, wait a minute. I think even wait a minute is a form of resistance. <laughs> yes, it could be. Asking uh, questions. Yeah. Uh, well, more defiance, Frank. We may have. The thing is, isn't there something about government is not allowed to? Yeah, but we're not traveling. You get in an airplane, you're not traveling between the states. You're traveling between he's between the states of the union. Yeah. Between the administrative districts, not necessarily. Well, they're going to have to say that, aren't they? They're going to have to administrative districts, Frank. They're going to have to tell everybody that, aren't they? No, I mean, they aren't. Presume that you know. They published it in the law. What if I ask and, and, and say, "Wait a minute, I don't want to get a passport, and I don't think I need one." Uh, why I do? Well, just because, just because, Frank. Just because. And if you deny, don't don't give us. If, yeah. We're gonna charge you with willful uppityness. Yeah. You understand and that, Frank? And you're insane. Yeah. We'll not only jail you. We're gonna give you shots and electrotherapy and whatever besides that. The willful uppityness. And maybe a measles vaccine. Maybe. You know? Even you. I don't know. Yeah. Some of the measles, some of the vaccines you might have had when you were a kid. Well, we can give you a new, a new and improved vaccine. Frank, we have double your mercury levels. When you're a kid, you might not have got as much mercury as you should get. We can resolve that problem today. Yeah, they have. They have yeah. resolved that. And, uh, well, yeah, the vaccine thing is, uh, have you seen that uh, now this, I, I saw. We had the, not long ago, the doctors and nurses coming back from Africa where they were actually you know, in contact with Ebola patients because they were there supposedly trying to help them. Yep. Even though they supposedly also said they had no treatment. So I, I don't know exactly what they were doing, but they were there and they came back. And, and uh, a few states suggested, well, a 21-day, you know, quarantine would be in order for this. And there was a big resistance to that. Now, Berkeley... Berkeley, California says that they're going to uh, require a 21-day quarantine of unvaccinated children. 21 days for what? Before they can go to school? Yeah, unvaccinated children. Yeah, before they can go to before they can leave their house. Quarantine. You have to stay in your house for 21 days if you're unvaccinated before you can go back outside and go to school and do all the other things. This is going to drive their parents nuts. You know that, don't you, Frank? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. This is, a thinly, this is a thinly veiled plot to drive parents crazy. Well, and they Won't let the kids out of the house for 21 consecutive days. The parents may defy this. And sure more craziness. Yeah. More craziness. But what I, you know, they're floating this idea as though, oh, yes, this is reasonable. But yet doctors and nurses coming back from Ebola infected area is not. Well, That's we would. I know. You know, it's just nuts. Like I say, these legislators, there's a contest 
There must be a big reward. Who can come up with the dumbest, most bizarre, unconstitutional law and get it passed? You can do that. You get your name in the hat. And at the end of the year, they're going to pick one of the names out of the hat. You win a free island in the Pacific with uh, you know, mansion and whatever else. Got an article here from the Washington Times again. House votes to repeal, replace Obamacare. The House voted largely along party lines Tuesday to repeal and replace Obamacare with Republicans vowing to satisfy midterm voters who demanded a new path forward while Democrats taunted their rivals as oblivious to the plight of the uninsured. So maybe we're going to get rid of Obamacare. What do you think, Frank? Do you think we will or we won't? Will the Senate also vote for it? And if they do, will they have enough votes? Because guess who's going to veto this thing if the House and the Senate says, we need to dump Obamacare? Can you guess the name of the man who will say, no, we need to keep (laughs) Obamacare? but if he does, wouldn't that make him insane? Well, it's hard to say. Who's the authority now? Are they the authority for challenging Obama, or is he the authority for vetoing their laws? Now, by the nature of what you just said, to veto something, I think he's got a point, Frank. He'd be the insane one. (laughs) Well, somebody needs to bring this up quickly to their attention. It actually is a pretty good idea. Um. What else do we have here? Now, uh, what do I think? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know what? I think it would be politically a brilliant move on the Democrats in the in the Senate. Right, because they got to know everybody out here has caught on to the fact that Obamacare is not a, not a good thing for us. Uh, and sure, get rid of it, knowing he's going to veto it, knowing there's not enough votes to overturn his veto. Yeah, they'll be able to posture and play young hero essentially, and say, "Gee, we just we we wanted to get rid of Obamacare, but we couldn't do it because the nasty old Obama kept it." Yep. And then you know, then you know, if they all get their way, because I think the Republicans are in bed with this as much as the uh, Democrats. I hope they will hope that everybody buys that and says, "Oh well, we tried." Rather than what's the solution to the problem? We have to elect a Republican president in 2016. There you go. All right, they're just playing this game. In my opinion, was that well, we tried to get rid of it, but Obama stopped us, and that proves we need to get rid of the Democrats out of the White House and vote in a Republican in 2016, which isn't that far away. Right, and it's a chess game because, you know, the Democrats—they're in trouble. I don't think this is a chess game. I think this is more like liar's poker. Yeah, well, yeah, that's probably closer. But, uh, you know, because chess is a little too too much for this. But, but yeah, they, you know, I mean, the Democrats could gain a little ground with people out there going, well, at least, hey, past the Senate, you know, the, the Democrats voted, uh, some of them voted to get rid of it. Uh, but then, gee golly, there just wasn't enough to overturn the veto. Uh, that's all we're doing. We're in the 2016 election already. Yeah, yeah, they're, remember, they're campaigning. I can remember when I was a kid, they, the elections, an election didn't really seem to start more than maybe six months or so before the actual election. I mean, the, the, the election in 1964, it started in, I don't know, 
January, February, March of 64 and went on until the election in November. Um, today, you finish one election, you sit down, you got a week or two off, and they're already started on the next election cycle. Well, sure, they're raising money. They're starting uh, yeah. to tax up their, uh, you know, I mean, the presidential, you know, they're talking already about how much money Hillary Clinton's getting together. Get Bush, too. Yeah, yeah I, I understand. Hope that'd be great. Man, what? Not necessarily. The Democrats may have a tussle between Biden and Hillary. That's another one of those little dramas that sits back and just say, they got to be. This whole thing is being scripted by Saturday Night Live. That's what's really going on here. I think of this as real life. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe I'm caught in a Saturday Night Live skit. That may be what's going on here right now. Yeah, I think it may be. Yeah, well, it might. We don't know for an absolute fact. I'll tell you what we do know. We're going to take a break here now, a couple of minutes, and we will be back with the interview of Kent Hovind, creationist who has uh, spent eight years in prison. He's got two more to go, and they're trying to get him another trial where he will be threatened with, if he's convicted, he'll, he's being threatened with imprisonment for another 100 years. Please stay tuned. Thanks for listening. I'm Alfred Addis. I'm here with Frank Steffen. Be back in a moment. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971. 
when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addis, of course, and my guest is Kent Oven. And Kent and I are talking. I'm here in, in Dallas. Kent is in prison in, in a jail in Santa Rosa, Florida. And we're going to talk about his problem with the courts, being sentenced, being threatened a second time after he's been in prison for eight years. He's now being threatened with another loss uh, prosecution where they're threatening to lock him up for a hundred years we're going to talk about that in the second and third segments of this program but first we want to talk about creationism and the reason is because dr hovind kent hovind h-o-v-i-n-d was originally called dr dino in part because he'd spent years arguing in favor of the creationism theory that the world was created as explained in seven days or in six days, and then seventh day, good Lord rested, in Genesis. And it's, it's Dr. Hovind's contention that this is, a, this is not just an allegory, a metaphor. This is what happened. And the reason this is important to me is because, I don't know if Kent Real remembers this or not, Dr. Hovind remembers, but I published one or two of your articles in my magazine, The Anti-Shyster, back in the 1990s, and I also interviewed you one or two times on radio programs I was doing back then. And you were the first person to introduce me to the idea that evolution might not be as smart as a lot of people suppose. You sensitized me to that idea, and later, 10 years later, basically, in 2006, I was threatened with charges by the Attorney General of the state of Texas for manufacturing and distribution of a controlled substance. Substance was colloidal silver. Uh, it wasn't, but it wasn't heroin or cocaine or whatever. But nevertheless, it was the same laws. And it's because Dr. Hovind sensitized me to the significance of Genesis that I was able to draft a freedom of religion defense that stopped the attorney general's prosecution. He'd invested six years and nearly half a million dollars on pretrial investigations and pretrial hearings. There were six other defendants long before I ever got into, into the case, but I was the last one. I, I made a freedom of religion. You saved me fines of $25,000 a day. That's $9 million per year. 
the point I'm trying to make is that creationism, some people might think this is a little bit of a goofy concept. I can tell you that it works. All right, this has value in the court system if it's presented properly. And so I'm grateful to Dr. Hovind from, you know, just talking to him 10, 15 years ago now probably. So having said that, why don't we talk a little bit about creationism and show people that this is not just some kooky idea. Let's hear a little science, and then in the second and third sections we'll talk about the previous trial and the one that's coming up on March 2nd. All right. Well, thank you so much, brother, for having me. Uh, it's an honor. My name is Ken Hovind. I live in Pensacola, Florida. Right now I'm in the Santa Rosa County Jail, 30 miles from Pensacola. But uh, uh, I was a high school science teacher for 15 years. I taught uh, science and math, uh, biology, earth science, and physical science, and algebra, geometry, and trig. And then when I moved to Florida 25 years ago, I uh, got to saw an article in the paper that said the dinosaur bones were found from 80 million years ago. And so I wrote my first ever letter to the editor, Pensacola News Journal. And I said, no, fellas, these dinosaur bones are from the flood in the days of Noah. Bones don't fossilize unless they're buried right away. And these bones are all together, articulated. You can still tell the shape of it. You know, if animals die in the woods, they get dragged all over by the coyotes. They don't stay together in, you know, skeletal shape. And millions of fossils are found. And I said, so these were found. These were probably buried in the flood in the days of Noah. I said, furthermore, the Earth is not millions of years old, and that's easy to demonstrate. Well, that was my first ever letter to the editor, and it ignited a firestorm. I was called everything but a white boy for the next six, six months in that paper as they blasted me back and forth, and I wrote letters to the editor. Finally, the local university, they were reading my articles in their uh, anthropology class at University of West Florida, and one of the students called me and said, Kent, uh, would you like to come debate our professor? Uh, I, I said, well, I've never had a debate in my life except with my wife, and I lose those every time. I don't know anything about debate rules and tactics and all that, but I know the subject pretty well. So anyway, so I did my first ever debate, and that, that led to a, uh, a, a full-time ministry. I started getting calls all over the place uh, asking, hey, would you please come speak on our uh, our church, it, it just rapidly grew, uh, evolved, maybe the right word, into a full-time ministry. And so for nearly 20 years, I traveled all over the world, uh, spoke about seven, eight, nine hundred times a year. Uh, I've done a hundred debates at universities now, uh, and uh, tear them up sweetly, of course, in Christian love. Very quickly, I defend the position that the Bible is literally true and scientifically accurate in every single detail. God created the world in six days, six literal, normal 24-hour days. That's the only way it works. Plants breathe in carbon dioxide and give off oxygen. Animals breathe in the oxygen and give off the CO2. How on earth could one live here for millions of years without the other? We exchange the gases. And so there are thousands of illustrations we could give, but the point would be a, a, a creation that is, takes place in six days is the only way that it'll work scientifically. There are so many thousands of examples of animals and plants that have what are called symbiotic relationship. One animal requires a certain plant to live, and that plant requires a certain animal to pollinate it. And there, there are just literally thousands of examples. I defend the position the Earth is only 6,000 years old, which is what the Bible takes out of to. Actually, the whole universe is only 6,000 years old. And God made it in six literal 24-hour days, and then God recorded for us 
his word and preserve that word to the very day. And I have a copy of it right next to me here. I have, uh, this is God's preserved word of God. So because I take that simple stand that the Bible is true, that makes some people really upset. Well, that's okay. Uh, we can talk about it. I can stay calm, and they usually can't. <laughs> in a nutshell, that's my position. I think everything we see today can be explained scientifically by an instant creation and a global flood in the days of Noah. We can talk about Grand Canyon, if you'd like, or the Great Prairies, or the, uh, you know, the fault lines in the earth, which you know, earth science is one of my favorites. Anyway, I can remember... Brother, I think the creation... I can remember you talking about the idea. People said, oh, it couldn't, we, creationism can't be true because we can see these stars that are millions of light years away. Well, at least light years away. I don't know if it's millions. But regardless, the point is the light takes all that time to get here. They had, those stars had to be here seven million years ago or whatever in order to account for the light waves. And you said, I can remember you explaining that, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Good Lord could have created the light at the same time he created the stars. And even though they might be that distance away, they could still have been created on the day of creation, and the light could be here at that time. I don't know if... That's, that's one explanation. Yeah, if he can make the star, he can make the light. But even a yeah. simpler one, there are 11 times in the Bible where it says God stretched out the heavens. What if he made the stars closer here and stretched them out to where they are, like the Bible says he stretched them out, Adam and Eve would see the taillights of the stars as they're receding. Suppose the stars are moving away at 95% the speed of light. Today they may look like they're billions of light years away, but yet only created 6,000 years ago. I understand. stretched out the heavens. I understand. Secondly, we do not know that... Thirdly, I guess we do not know that the speed of light has always been a constant. There have been many experiments, but just last year there was an ex in Scientific Magazine, I forget which one, um, Scientific American, I think, an article where they slowed light down and stopped it and looked at it. What does light look like when it is stopped? Or that was just done there last year or so. Well, I saw another report that you may have seen just in the last few months. They landed a satellite on a comet. And what they've determined, up until then, there was a strong theory that comets were just big big blocks of snow. They're like big snowballs. Dirty snowballs was the term that some people had used to describe the comets, comets uh, believing that they were mostly made out of ice. And therefore, they believed that the comets were the source of water that eventually covered most of the Earth. But they got up there, and they put a satellite, or, you know, they, they, they not a satellite per se, but a, a uh, rocket device, I can't think of the proper term. They landed it on the comet just in the last few months, and they determined, nope, there wasn't much ice up there at all. Which means, where did the water come from on Earth? If the Earth started as a ball of fire, essentially, molten rock, maybe some people think that. Where the water come from? I mean, the Bible answers that question, yep, but but science cannot answer where the oceans come from. How did they happen to be here? All of which suggests that the creationism theory is far more rational than most people suppose. Again, it's not just a myth or an allegory. It it is a viable it's a viable foundation. Now, when you try 
to present that and do a good job of it. It's one thing for people to talk about these subjects who don't really know or they can't express themselves very clearly. But when someone is able to express these ideas clearly, they pose a threat to a system that is ungodly, anti-godly, and doesn't want people to believe in the Bible. I wonder if you understood at the time how important, how significant the threat was that you posed against the government. Did you have any idea of how much of a threat you were posing at the time? I guess, yes, I know that there's only two philosophies of government. One is based on creation and one's based on evolution. If there's a God, then God decides how we're supposed to behave and how we're supposed to govern each other, if at all. And so it, that our founding fathers believed that. We have these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. Yep. There's a creator that gives us rights. Those guys don't make good slaves, and they throw the tea in the harbor and start a war. Just for the sake of the audience right now, the call's going to be interrupted briefly. Kent will call right back, and we'll start up again in another segment. Uh, we'll take some commercials between this. They'll be added after you and I talk, Kent, and you call back just as quick as you can, and we'll start the second segment, and we're going to do three segments all together. I'm Alfred Adams here with Kent, Dr. All Kent right. Hoban, and we will be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. I'm talking to Dr. Kent Hovind. He is in prison, in actually in jail in Santa Rosa, Florida. Um, he went crosswise with the government eight years ago. He's been in prison for eight years. Got two to go, and the government's trying to charge him with additional crimes that could cost him. They're threatening him with a hundred more years in the slammer. We're going to get to that as we go along here. Um, we talked about in the first segment about creationism, which is which poses an, a vital moral threat 
to the government of the United States. I'm going to tell you why I know that's true. Again, I've been sued by the Attorney General of Texas for 25 grand a day, $9 million a year. I read the relevant laws concerning drugs and the definition of drugs that you can find at 21, Title 21, United States Code, Section 321, and also somewhere in the Florida Code, um, the definition of drugs includes the phrase man or other animals, which means the government presumes man to be an animal. It doesn't say man or animals. It says man or other animals. I am not a Bible scholar, but I am a Bible student, and I saw, I knew that Thanks in large measure and to significant measure to Dr. Hovind, I knew that Genesis says on the sixth day God created man in his image and gave man dominion over the animals, which means I can't be an animal. As a Christian or a Jew, I can't be an animal, and I can't be subject to laws that say I'm an animal, and all of the drug laws are based on the presumption that we are animals. And in your case, I believe it was your second offense, uh, 45 counts of structuring that was ultimately tied to drugs. You're in prison in part because you are presumed to be an animal. And the Bible says, no, you're not. You're given dominion over the animals. At least that's one interpretation. Genesis and creationism may provide a defense against those accusations. Does that make any sense to you, Dr. Hovind? Oh, sure does. Yes, sir. We haven't used that defense, but uh, there's there's no question in the in the public schools, the uh, court. I mean, the textbooks and teachers often consider students an advanced animal. When yeah. we were given dominion over the animals, yeah, we are not just an advanced animal. We and plants have a body, animals have a body and a spirit, and man has a body, a spirit, and a soul. We are indeed very different. Well, and and. All of evolution presumes us to be animals. If we subscribe to the theory of evolution, it, it lays the foundation for presuming you are you and I are just animals evolved from lower forms, from lower forms on to back to whatever microbes started this whole thing going. But you and I, under evolution, we're just animals, and as such, we are not entitled to the God-given unalienable rights declared in our Declaration of Independence. It says on the uh, Declaration, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. If you didn't get any rights from God, and there aren't in under evolution, then you have no claim on life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. And in the second sentence, says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, um, telling us the purpose of government as envisioned by the founders was to secure our God-given unalienable rights. If the government can presume you to be an animal and get away with it, you have no claim on those rights. They're only for men made in God's image and without by their creator. That's my argument, at least. And in my case, it worked. They dropped a case where they'd invested one half or nearly a half million dollars in six years, pre-trial investigations and hearings, because the whole war on drugs is based on the presumption that people are animals. However many people you know in the slammer right now that are there on drug-related crimes are there on the fundamental presumption that they are nothing but livestock. Pharmaceutical profits of billions of dollars based on the presumption they're doing drugs. They are based on the presumption you and I are all livestock. 
billions, maybe trillions of dollars in profits are being, I depend on that definition. Prison industrial complex, there is an enormous consequence if this idea gets out. And the point I'm trying to make with this is that you touched on something that was spectacularly powerful, and you were having success promoting that idea, and eventually some of the great unwashed, like myself, might figure out how to use it. Uh, so we are presuming that your punishment is not simply a question of guilt or innocence, but a question of magnitude. The magnitude of your punishment suggests that you are being hit hard for reasons other than the offense that's alleged. Do you think you're there for political reasons? Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any question. If you look at, they did an investigation on me for nine years, couldn't find anything. I, I, I tried to obey all the laws. I don't, I'm not a lawbreaker. So when they came and arrested me for structuring, I said, what on earth is that? There's all kinds of details about my case on the website 2peter3.com. It's the number two, the word Peter, and the number three. The people want to read all that <laughs> about the original case. There are also quite a few YouTube uh, interviews up where we talked about that. Uh, yeah, I still maintain, like Job in the Bible, I maintain my integrity. I did not break any laws that applied to me. And so I am an innocent man. I've been down 99 months now, and they just moved my trial again another month on this new really ridiculous charge, uh, mail fraud, which carries a 20-year sentence by itself, and there are six charges. It is, they just, they're so desperate. To, but they, yesterday they announced at their pre-trial hearing, we just had a little hearing yesterday, and they said they're going to call 25 witnesses. Well, the government does this when they're desperate. They parade a whole bunch of witnesses up there. For instance, they're probably going to call somebody from Google to testify they make Google spend hundreds of dollars to fly somebody from California in here to testify. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's a, uh, the record of the emails or the phone calls. Or, okay, well, like this preacher that had in his written in his notes for his sermon, he said, this is a weak point, so yell louder. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what the government does. When they, when they don't have a case, they throw a whole lot more fluff and snow at it. You know, let's just blind everybody. Oh, wow, let's have something. Let's have something. Let's have something. Yeah. So, and the jury will think, well, hey, we, he's not guilty. We've got to find him guilty of something. I mean, look at all the money they spent. And they have spent a fortune on this case, and it's for nothing. It's yeah. because I That's filed a complaint. I mean, like I say, you may be far more significant than you suspect. You know, your impact may even be growing while you are in prison. There's a little bit, I, in retrospect, I think Satan, if he had it to do all over again, he might not have put the Messiah up on a cross where he could be seen by all. It's kind of like putting a neon sign and saying, look, look, look at the... He could be seen by all in time by... Instead of just secretly burying him in a hole, they attracted attention, in a sense, with the cross. They have attracted attention to you by putting you in prison under very strange circumstances. And in the end, it may communicate, cause your message to be communicated far more widely than might otherwise have been the case. Now, that's maybe perhaps small satisfaction for you, but it strikes me as possible. Do you think it's possible, or am I missing something? No, you are absolutely dead on. I'm sure not the Messiah. I can promise you that. But no, I understand, but I'm not arguing yeah. that point, but you can yeah. see, you know, 
they have attracted attention. Part of the reason I'm asking that is your trial has been postponed now. It was scheduled to come up, I guess, in the next few days. I'm not sure. It's been postponed to March 2nd. Do you think that postponement reflects the political attention that you're attracting right now with the media, with internet, with, uh, with, with email, with people contacting congressmen and senators and saying, let's do something about this? Are we generating enough political Are we generating enough There's lots of political heat. Go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. I, hope, I hope there's a lot of political heat on this case. I don't know what's causing it. This has been postponed now five times. I've been mm-hmm. sitting here in county jail for uh, almost nine months. This is ridiculous. Okay. Uh, but Philippians chapter 1, Paul said his, his bonds, his going to prison, has resulted in the gospel getting out further. Yep. So that's all I'm concerned about. I hope so. Yeah, please spread the gospel around. Well, you know, another thing about this is I've heard you on other interviews, and your voice does not sound sad. It doesn't sound defeated. It doesn't sound bitter. <laughs> it sounds like you just left the living room from watching a little TV this morning, and you've stepped out into the kitchen to talk to us. And I'd like you to explain. I already know the answer, but I'd still like you to explain to the audience why you're not beaten down by these circumstances. Well, a good percentage, maybe half the Bible, is written either from prison or captivity or people who went to prison or captivity. So I'm in good company. Uh, God has been great. I've learned a thousand things I never would have learned had I not come. I've sure met people I wouldn't have met. We have Bible studies in my room four times a day. I've led uh, uh, four men to the Lord this month, about 700 since I've been in prison. And we just really, this is a, this is a great fishing hole. They can't get away from you in here. So and the, the, the spiritual growth has been phenomenal with some of these men. So, now God's been good. Uh, he, he has used it for his glory. I've written a lot of books. I've earned a couple more degrees. I'm certainly older and certainly smarter. I still feel great. God has been just wonderful to me. So, yeah, the prison, as much as I don't like it, as much as I wish it didn't happen, and as much as I'm ready to go home, uh, I God, so if you end up going to prison or anybody does, it is not the end of the world. Don't despair. God will be with you through the whole I've been there for most of a year on one occasion. And I agree. It, it, I knew from okay. the beginning good Lord was putting me there. I never thought he was going to keep me for a year or nearly a year. Uh, I didn't think that would happen, but I was quite content. It didn't disturb me in the least to be there. And I told people if I'd known how much I would be blessed by being stuck in that prison or in that it was a jail. It was a level five maximum security jail. It was a county jail, but it was level five maximum security. If I'd known how much I would gain from that 344 days, I would have fought my way in years ago. I didn't like it, don't want to go back. But still, it was blessing. And I understand what you're saying. It's not necessarily the end of the world to get thrown into prison. And uh, while you're there, you've written a number of books, true? I have 37 books. Uh, Quite a few are in... Well, I've been done with them for a long time, but they're in limbo for various reasons. But Probably my uh, one of the more important ones is my one where I had to change my my doctrine on end times. Uh, we are going to be here for the tribulation. I had to, after 40 years, switch from pre-trib to post-trib rapture. Yep. Uh, and I cover that in my book. What on earth is about to happen? For heaven's sake. So if you get a chance, it's good on 2peter3.com. 
right. what on earth is about to happen? For heaven's sake, I give all the reasons why. The church for 1,800 years believed and taught the post-trib, pre-wrath, rapture. I was guilty of confusing wrath, which is what the world does to us, and tribulation. I'm sorry, wrath is what God does to the world. We're not here for that, but we are here for the tribulation. That's what the world does to us. I was also guilty of confusing the day of Christ, which is the rapture, with the day of the Lord, which is a thousand years. They are not the same. And so once you get those straight, it just all clicks together like a big Sudoku puzzle, like, whoa, this is it. Yeah. So, yeah, to answer your question, I have written 37 books, and God's been really good. All right. Now, do we, let's, let's talk about your, in your original case, there were three charges. Not withholding, 12 counts of not withholding on behalf of uh, people who were working at your facility. Uh, they, you're arguing they were there as private contractors, government saying they're employees. You had 45 counts of structuring, and you had threatening an IRS agent. And if I understand correctly, that threat was taken from you praying for that IRS agent on a radio program. Is that true? That's the only that's the only evidence we could ever get. Uh, you know exactly when, when, why, how. You know, yeah, it was it was just bizarre. We were just my, my wife and I both were just shocked. Like, what did we do? <laughs> you know, structuring. We went to our own bank and took out our own money and paid our own bills. Yeah. Is this a crime now? And actually, yeah, and they used drug laws to say, oh, that, that that money not only was structured, it should be forfeited. And since I don't have any money, and it was spent five years ago on church projects, they said, we want to seize the church ministry buildings, which is what they're doing now. That's what this new case is all about. Let me call right back, and we'll discuss all that. I will be back with Dr. Kent Hoven in just a moment. Please stay tuned. ID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Dr. Kent Hovind, who is calling in from the Santa Rosa Jail, County Jail in Florida, where he's being detained in anticipation of another trial. After eight years in the slammer, two to go, he's being threatened with another trial that could put him away for another hundred years. One of the things before we get to that, the third count in your first trial was threatening an IRS officer. And you don't seem to understand where that threat was other than perhaps praying for him on a radio program. 
my point is, insofar as they charge you with threatening an IRS agent, does that create or did that create the impression in the jury's mind that you were prone to violence? Hmm. Uh, Probably. My attorney said, after they put on their dog and pony show, he said, Kent, don't even give a defense. Don't say a word. You did nothing wrong. The jury can see that. There's no law broken here. Don't even give a defense. I said, okay. And so then, after we closed our arguments, the judge changed the jury instructions from saying if they took out more than 10000 to saying if they took out less than 10000 For structure. Well, that's not what the law says. Yeah. That's like saying the speed limit is 70, and they stop you going 68 miles an hour and say, well, you're trying to avoid the speed limit ticket. Yeah, that's exactly right. That means the real speed limit is 68, it's not 70. And if you go 65, they'll charge you for structure. That means the real speed limit is 65, not 68. Before you know it, you won't be able to be arrested for walking on the highway. Well, and then after trial, the judge said, Ken Hovind, your crime is worse than rape. And everybody in that, they were like, what? And... So then when we finally got the transcript, 16 months after we paid for it. And you needed it, it 12 months gone. to make an appeal. True? Well, partially true. There are two different issues, one involving the 12 months. That was later with the 20 to 55. But that, but that wasn't really – so I needed it to appeal, but there was not a 12-month limit on this one. That would take a long time to explain. Yeah, they kept it for 16 months. It altered it. Somebody did. And people need to call Congress and say, look, you need to do a full investigation here. What happened in this case? Congress will say, we can't get involved in an active case, or we can't get involved in the Justice Department. They've got ten reasons why they can't do what they're supposed to do. But, yes, they should. They should investigate what happened. If, if the judge changed the, jury, the trial transcript, then she needs to be impeached, plain and simple. Yeah. They're only appointed to life during good behavior. If she ordered the clerk to do it, she needs to be impeached. If she allowed it to take place, regardless of who altered it, I'm going to argue that she is responsible for correcting, making some sort of a correction. If it's been altered, I would suppose that she should be ultimately responsible for making sure it was corrected again to say what was really there. Somebody's responsible for this. Well, yeah, but see... They're not going to investigate themselves. Are you the kidding? It's going to have to come from uh, – it's got to come from Congress. And Congress won't do a thing unless they get 100,000 phone calls saying, would you do your job, please? Now, it's not my job to judge the judge. And, but if, this, if indeed this happens and this original trial needs to be overturned, which, of course, is going to be very embarrassing for them, and they're going to avoid like the plague, and they need to return all the property they stole, and they need to uh, pay the damages – and they need to leave me alone. I wasn't asking for I was sitting reading my Bible when they came and SWAT team and arrested me. My wife was sound asleep when they surrounded her bed. Four agents woke her up, uh, armed agents. We yep. let her get dressed, go to the bathroom, or put a robe on, and dragged her out in handcuffs to the courthouse in her nightgown. Yes, I'm a little upset about that. I think any man that loves his wife would be. We've been married 41 and a half years, and they terrorized my wife. I think they need to be terrorized by their own SWAT team, saying, look, you guys have to obey the law like everybody else. You don't change the trial transcript. If you do, you get fired from your job. 
I, I put in a complaint of misconduct against my judge and against the U.S. attorney. They are both posted on 2Peter3.com and a hundred other places, and the people should definitely copy those and preserve them someplace because it's just a matter of time before somebody comes in and starts shutting down websites that have this information on there. So please copy and disseminate everything. The best place to hide all this stuff is out in the open in a million locations. So they well, can I agree. Stop it. I agree. The only time the, the <laughs> only time you're in danger is when you're the only one that knows the secret. All right. Once you publicize things and you get them out there dispersed, the government is hard pressed to do anything about it because if they do, it attracts more attention to whatever it is you're trying to communicate. One thing I know I've learned over the years: the only thing the government fears is public exposure. Now you're well, having. I come to the conclusion. I think they fear the truth. Yeah, they fear. They don't even fear the truth in my opinion, unless okay. that truth is publicly exposed. That's what they're concerned about. They don't care what the truth is. That doesn't bother them. But if the public finds okay. out, that bothers them. You're having success at attracting attention right now. Have you had success all along while you were in, in prison and now in this jail, or has, it, has your success increased in recent times? It's been exponential in the last six months uh, because of this new charge, which is so bogus. Uh, the same day, I filed a complaint of misconduct against the judge and against the U.S. attorney. I wrote up a Liz Pendens, which says, hey, there's litigation pending on this case. Same date, I believe, May. That's what they're threatening with more prison for, is for this notifying people, hey, my, the property is there's litigation still pending. That's what you're supposed to do is file a Liz Pendens if litigation is still pending so that the buyer can be aware. You want to buy this property? Well, make sure you know this is still in a lawsuit. They're claiming I damaged them and tried to uh, extort money. I'm not going to get any money from that. Their whole case is so – there is no case at all, and they know that. But therefore, they've got to make a lot more noise and you know, make it look you know, huff and puff, uh, which is all they're doing. But they've got the guns. I mean, they can look – no, no. Yeah, they can put me away. Yep, that's that's a fact. There's none of us that are so smart that we can avoid this. All right, if somebody decides they want your scalp on their lodge pole, you're going to need a hat because they're going to get it. But they have so many people they could go after, they can't go after very many. For example, it's my understanding that they only file about a thousand criminal charges per year. I'm talking about the Internal Revenue Service. There's a lot of civil cases, but in terms of criminal, where people actually stand to do time, there's only about a thousand instances across the whole country every year, which is a triviality. Out of 150, 180 million people who should be paying income tax, they file a thousand a year for criminal. You've got to do something special to get on that, to be among that chosen 1,000. If you catch my drift, uh, they're not doing it alphabetically. I'm honored. Well, you know, I, I saw I, I saw I saw a copy of there's a uh, newsletter for United States Assistant Attorney Generals. I think it's USAA, USAAG. I don't recall. I saw it back in the 90s. I don't have a copy of it anymore. But I read it and I quoted one of the articles in the magazine at the time. They were interviewing a prosecutor who explained the reason they target particular individuals for criminal prosecution. 
And she explained, for example, they'd had an out, they'd had a lot of airline pilots at the time who were not paying income taxes. <laughs> so what they did is they went after one or two airline pilots and they they busted them. I mean, they hurt them just as bad as they could in order to scare the rest of the airline industry into paying their income taxes. They made the point that they selectively prosecute in order to get the most publicity value possible, all right, to get the most bang for the buck. And the implication, the strong implication, is that people like yourself are selectively prosecuted, this isn't just a randomness. I mean, all of that chosen 1,000 are pretty much there on selective prosecution. But in your case, that would have been especially true. Yeah, I, I, I have no evidence for or against that. All I know is I've been in jail 99 months, and I sure did yeah. not break any laws. And the Congress needs to call me to testify, and they need to call in the IRS agents that came against me. Because I wrote, they would write me, they would send me a tax bill, and I would answer them, and they would never respond. I never got one letter, never one response. I re always respond. I pay every tax I owe. If I owe something, please show me. I'll pay it. I, I'm not a tax protester, but I have said a thousand times, and I'll say it again. I'm glad our country was started by those guys. They threw the tea in the harbor and started a war. I, I might have been out there with them. I don't know. But I have other fish to fry. God has called and equipped me to teach people on creation, the scientific evidence for the Bible, dinosaurs, the flood, those kind of things, and now end times. And so at this, I don't have time to fight every battle. So I'm not, the IRS is not my battle. They're, they're the reason I'm in jail, and they need to be shut down, completely shut down. And especially these agents that came against me, they need to be completely examined. What did you do? Why did, who gave you this authority? I think they clearly broke some laws and violated not only their own laws, but the, God's laws. And they need to be investigated. Congress should do their job, but they won't unless they get 100,000 phone calls from people saying, look, get on the ball. Kent, we're going to run out of time here in a moment, and the, this call, this this list call is going to be terminated. Do you want to come back for one more segment, or is this enough for you? I'd love. If no, you call I would love back, to, uh, brother. If you got time to do another segment, uh, call in whenever this one ends, and we will start up a fourth segment for this program. Um, yeah, I'd like to give people some. Uh, Hang on, brother. I'd like to give them some, uh, some help that'll help them on the, like the formation of Grand Canyon. Christians wonder how could that form, or like the starlight was just one. Where do dinosaurs fit in? Uh, we have a lot of stuff on drdino.com and 2peter3.com that people can get and copy. We've seen probably 100,000 people get saved watching those crazy videos. They're in 40 languages. Uh, so please use them. That, that It blesses my soul to know that my prison time gets more people to know about the gospel and about the creation ministry. So <clears throat> it's definitely Philippians 1. My bonds are make the gospel go out further. Please, brother, I'll be honored to call back. Uh, we got a bunch of topics hanging, though. So which one was next on your list there? I don't have a list anymore. We've pretty much touched on it. Wherever you want to go in this fourth segment, and this will be the last segment, it will pretty much consume the hour for us. You go ahead and however you want to outline it right. in the segment that will start just a couple of minutes. We're going to take a little break here for uh, uh, while the phones get reconnected, and we will be right back on the American Independence Hour with Dr. Kent Fulwood. Please stay tuned.
Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. We're back with Dr. Kent Hovind on the American Independence Hour. Dr. Hovind is talking to us from inside the Santa Rosa, Florida County Jail, where he's being kept in anticipation of a trial that threatened to send him to prison for another 100 years. He's already been sentenced to 10, served to 8, and they're threatening to come after him for another 100 years. Dr. Hovind wanted to talk about, well, you just go with it wherever you want to go. This is the last segment. Now we'll have... I don't know, 12, 14 minutes, however much they give us, and uh, run and gun, Dr. Holman. Hey, man, thank you, brother, first of all, for having me and for having this program. I've always appreciated your outreach trying to spread the truth, man. People need to know. I think the evil people fear the truth more than anything, and that's all I just want. I love the Lord. I've been a Christian 46 years now, and I just want to serve him and please him. And if the government to prison does that, well, okay. Joseph did not want to go to prison, I'm sure, as a 17-year-old. It's been 13 years in Egyptian prison, but God used it in a great way. I'm sure Daniel did not want to be neutered and go to Babylon and serve 70 years, but, well, he did, and God used it in a great way. So I'm honored that God would, uh, would do something with my life, and uh, that's all I've ever wanted to do for 46 years. Uh, the, in the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, which is, we have a website, 2peter3.com, in that Second Peter 2.3, it says the scoffers in the last days, and we have a bunch of them in the world today who scoff at the Bible, uh, these scoffers are going to be willingly ignorant. In the Greek, that means dumb on purpose. They like being stupid. Okay, they are willingly ignorant on three things, it says in that passage. They're ignorant about the creation. They don't understand what the world used to be like. Why? Because they lived to be 900 years old before the flood came. Read Genesis chapter 5. They live to be 900. Okay, why? And they don't understand the flood. Where did that water come from? Where did the water go? What did it do while it was here? What's the evidence of a worldwide global flood? And they don't understand the coming judgment of God on this planet. So the creation, the flood, and the coming judgment are Long three. Mile longer, we get them the tree that's clinically proven to reduce powder build And now there's sensitivity, which encourages chewing I'm getting some kind of recording here back in my ear. Okay. Is that all? I, I can't hear that myself. I, oh, I heard some kind of commercial sounded like. 
Well, uh, I'll let you fix that. Uh, I, anyway, the, the under, if Christians understood the importance of the creation, they would understand a lot of things, including their responsibility to God. Yeah. I've asked atheists all over the country. I've done 100 debates, and I've had, I've had over 4,000 turn me down, refuse to debate me for any amount of money. So if somebody wants to, say, hey, line up, and it'll take you. I'll take on 10 at a time if I get half the time, and we talk about one topic at a time. That's my only two rules. But see, if the creation story is true, then God makes the rules. He's the owner. He's the master. He's the boss. He can say and do what he wants, and people don't like that idea. They don't want God telling them what to do. And so I've asked atheists all over the world. I say, guys, i got a simple question for you. If evolution is true, how do you tell right from wrong on any topic? Is abortion right or wrong? Is premarital sex right or wrong? Is extramarital sex right or wrong? Is infanticide right or wrong? Was Adolf Hitler right or wrong? Joseph Stalin. I mean, before you decide what's right and wrong, you need to decide how you decide. Do we decide right and wrong based upon what you think in your head? Or do we decide right and Is there an absolute standard someplace? Where is the standard? Where is the thus saith the Lord? See, the atheists don't have a thus saith the Lord. So they all do what's right in their own eyes. And it brings chaos to the world. Governments have to be run on an absolute standard. This is the law. This is what you do. The speed limit is 70. And we post it. And everybody knows the speed limit is 70 because it's posted. God not only gave the law, he published it abroad and he posted it. And it's in a book. And you can read exactly what you're going to face on Judgment Day by reading God's Bible which millions have died to preserve for us to this very day. So, if evolution is true, <clears throat> there is no standard of right and wrong. That's and I've right. I've never had an atheist... Well, I had, one, I had one atheist answer the question, but his answer was really so stupid. <laughs> I said, uh, how do you tell right from wrong? He said, I decide what's right and wrong. He said, I am the God of my own universe. What happens if he runs into another god out on the street after dark? He's liable to get his universe. Well, he did. He did that day with me. I said, well, son, I'm glad to hear you're the because I'm the god of my own universe, and I decided I'm going to come down there and kill you in five seconds. Exactly. He said, you well, can't do that. I said, why not? Yeah, the, where's, the right, where's the right and wrong? And the only right and wrong is the in evolution is survival of the fittest, which means might exactly right. you can do whatever you want if you're big enough to impose your will on other people. And if you're not big enough, you are subject to whatever anyone else wants to do. You know, you for evidence you can look at Genesis nine six. And Genesis nine six explains why you can't murder a man. You can go ahead and kill cows and pigs and sheep and goats and fish and birds and whatever else, chickens and all that, no problem. You can't kill a man. Why? Because he's made in God's image. This has been the foundation. They tell you that in the Bible, Genesis 9-6. Can't kill a man because he's made in God's image, unless he's violated God's law. But you can't just go out and knock somebody off like you'd kill a cow or a goat. It's because he's made in God's image. If none of us are made in God's image, as declared in creationism, we are all targets for easy death. Evolution leads us to genocide. Evolution leads us to concentration camps, mass murder. 
It's all there in evolution. It is the logical consequence. If you don't have that Bible and those fundamental ideas, you're going to live in a much more dangerous and violent world. Amen. Ooh. Let me give you one more that well, you may already know. Do you ever read Genesis 1-1? Genesis, the first verse in the Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Do you know the significance of that? I read it millions. I'm sure you have. Well, I read it millions of times. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think it means? Here's my notion on it. We celebrate the idea that the creator always owns his creation in our modern patent laws and our copyright laws. When Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, it means he owns the whole shebang by virtue of the act of creation. And therefore, we're all subject to his laws, and he can do whatever he wants. It's a statement of legal title. It's not just a little line like once upon a time there was a beautiful fairy princess who lived in a castle, or it was a dark and stormy night. It's not just an introduction. It's a statement of legal title, and it's the first book, in, or it's the first verse in the Bible. You follow that, Kent? Oh, absolutely. One little minor correction. It should be heaven singular, not heavens plural. Genesis one okay. one. The King James is the only only Bible to get it right. It says heaven singular, and there's a long reason for that. I published in an article up on two Peter three dot com back a couple of years ago. But that's a different topic. But yeah, I agree, brother. That's that's excellent. And that's his claim, his title. Uh, Psalm twenty four, same thing. The earth the earth is the Lord's. Yeah. Psalm twenty four is his. Yeah. And and so are you and I by being it. created by God. And particularly in his image, which gives us great advantages. And obligations. Why don't we talk about right. who, so he, uh, he, people can talk to or reach in order to help you and help generate some more public awareness of your situation? Okay, there is a loop of people that are helping spread information about what's going on. And like I have said, we need to hide this in the wide open. I have nothing to hide. All Gideon had for weapons was light and noise shine the light and make a lot of noise, and the enemy will fight each other, which is what happened in Gideon's case and in Jehoshaphat's case in Second Chronicles 20. You just say, Lord, help me, and shine the light and let them go fight each other, which I'm hoping Congress does their job and goes and I hope they all fight each other, and they let me go. I want to go back to preaching. But my secretary, volunteer secretary, is Laura Beth, L-A-U-R-A-B-E-T-H, uh, 1611 at yahoo.com. They can email her and say, add me to the loop. Or they can go to 2peter3.com and talk to the webmaster there and say, add me to the loop. I want to be kept up to speed on what's happening. Uh, my trial was supposed to be uh, September, the first week of September. Then they moved it to October, then November, then December, then January, then February, and now March. They keep dragging me out. And it's, it's they know it's hard. a stupid trial. Crazy. But they probably even know they're likely to yeah. lose. Do you think they can stall this off well, until you uh, get out of prison? Your sentence is over? Two more years? No, well, my sentence was last February, a year ago, I should have gone to halfway house. This February, next week, I should be going to home confinement. With the Bureau of Prisons, a 10-year sentence means you serve uh, 87% of it, so you serve eight years, seven months. But the last six months, you're allowed to go home. And so I would serve eight years in one month, which means I'm done. 
and, and you're allowed 12 months of halfway house, which is three blocks away from my house, which is a money-making racket, which needs to be investigated. They could have a year ago sent me to halfway house and did not. Because the Bureau of Prisons, they operate their budget based on body count, and they need me here because I have a warm body. That's the only, only reason. It's right. purely evil, money-making system. In well, the Bible, God never it, authorized prison at all. There shouldn't be any prisons. Either find them, beat them, or kill them. That's God's law. The, the, the heathen had prisons, the Egyptians and the Romans. But when I become king, I'm shutting the whole prison system down. At least give the guy an option. Say, look, do you want 20 lashes or five years? Everybody would pick the 20 lashes, and it's a better deterrent for the crime, and it's a whole lot cheaper. Because right now, you are paying for my supper. Yeah, what on earth did you do? I understand. Do you think it's worse being in prison or being in that county jail? Oh, it is a thousand times worse in the county jail. The, the prison camps are like college dormitories. They're a pure waste of time. The prison camps I've been at, they have no fence around them. You can walk away anytime you want. You've got libraries, you've got running track, you've got tennis courts. Uh, it's, it's like a college dormitory. Uh, and it's, I mean, I'm glad they do that. It's, it's much more comfortable. The county jail is extremely restrictive. And I've been here for five months straight. Well, they took me out of Maxwell Air Force Base. I was only there five days. Dragged me out to county jail. Never told me why. I kept, they kept me there for a month and then moved me to the Atlanta holding center, which is probably the armpit of the whole system, where you're locked in your little tiny room all day. You get out one hour a day, five days a week. During that hour, you got to take a shower, exchange your laundry, try to see your counselor if the line is less than a half a mile long, and uh, get on email and send email if there's, again, you can get through the line. you got one hour a day, and otherwise you're locked out. Uh, We've got about a minute left at most. So are there any final remarks that you want to add, contact information again? Might have 60 seconds. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, get on 2peter3.com. I think the whole purpose of all of this, though, is so much bigger than people realize. Just the, God wants everybody to get saved. He loves you. He wants people to come to, to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And the most important thing in my life for 46 years has been spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want people to get saved and then get knowledgeable and then get fired up and go do something with it. Tell others. So if my imprisonment causes people to get motivated to do that, please do. People can get my videos and spread them. You can make all the copies you want. A guy in Dallas there has the record. He's made 41,000 copies of my videos and given them out. What's to his friends. name? Has seen thousands. Uh, Jeff, uh, oh, you caught me off guard. He's been a missionary to Honduras. I thought it might have been, I didn't know if it was Rudy Davis or not. I know Rudy and his wife Erin have been helping no. you, if I understand correctly. And uh, I want to express my appreciation for Rudy and Erin for helping to make this interview possible. I want to thank Dr. Hovind for being on the program. I want him to understand, as I'm sure he does, but other people, others, there are others of us who understand that your incarceration, your imprisonment has ultimately been a tribulation for you, but it has been a blessing for certainly thousands of others, probably hundreds of thousands of others, maybe millions of others. A great deal of goodness has come from this, although difficult for you, but blessing for